How you doing today, Brett? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. I went to see that Saw movie, and I went to a race today. I was at a race all day, and it was the best fucking thing ever. Oh, yeah? It's, yeah, it's it's like fishing, or like any of those, or like bird watching, except for that it's super fucking loud so nobody can talk at all, you know? Yeah. But it, I don't know. It was it was awesome. It was a Mid Ohio Sports Course, uh, IMSA one seventy five. It was like a sprint race, um, and yeah, there was a lot of king king of the hillbillies were there because it's like three days long, and people rent golf carts and then just have cases of beer and drive around all day and get fucking burnt up by the sun. You know? Yeah. Stay yeah. in an RV, pass out all night, and yeah, and there was also a lot of like there was a a, a good amount of like upscale dorky guys that were into like bmws and lambos and shit like that yeah yeah it was awesome oh people have lamborghinis i saw yeah a... we watched it's a mixed class so there's prototype cars and then there are touring cars which were like porsches ferraris i think there's even a yeah mustang maybe a stang a, a rust we used to call them rustang they are rustang shitty you know when the 5.0 came out we'd be like oh look at the rustang over there you know <laughs> yep <laughs> Everybody get a good laugh out of it, hating on some guy because he bought a shitty car. <laughs> oh, man. They want to know how the Saul movie was. How was Saul? Spiral is the name of the movie. Um, I really liked it. Uh, I don't know if I've done it before, but me and Leslie did have like a probably an hour-long conversation when we were on tour about it, I, th I believe. Um I I think they're one of my favorites. I, they came out in my time when I was younger, but they also have just a really bad, like, really bad logic behind them that just really, that I love. Anyways, this movie was awesome. It was, it was like really vintage-y. It was like a 80s, a 70s movie, really. And mm. Chris Rock drove a Trans Am, a 70s Trans Am that had a siren that he put on the dashboard. They never mentioned it. They never mentioned his car. They never called him. They never. It, it was just like his car that he drove. It was. It was awesome. There was a lot of like slamming badges on the table type shit. It was great. I loved it. The kills. The the tortures were fucking gruesome. Definitely, I was screaming out loud and writhing in my chair. Uh, and it's also the whole story is kind of a cabby in a way. It's a. It's about cops. Bad cops. Uh, and then the new Saul voice, I heard people making fun of it. I thought it was good. I think any voice, I, I like, it's kind of like, how do you pick the right band name? Uh, and it's like, you don't, if the music is good, then, then like you're, that's like, people will just put up with whatever the name is. And I felt that this new jigs, I felt that spiral had a weird and creepy voice and pulled off some of the most heinous torture I've ever seen. So the voice became scary to me when I heard it, you know, well, I knew you know. that it was like not to be fucked with. You got scared. I did not. I have not. I still haven't been to the movies yet. I will. Oh, only person. The only people in the theater. It was the best. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it, that that's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go. I'm I'm. I think I'm waiting for something to come out that probably won't come out. It's the same situation I have going to the restaurant. I want to go to a restaurant. My family won't go to a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, Not. Out of, co well, my daughter is kind of COVID weird, but I mean, you know, she's only been alive for 16 years. Right. And one of them was real fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of get it. But really, it's just my wife being like, 
I don't feel like going out tonight. And I'm like, how can you not feel like going out to dinner now? Yeah. I mean, I understood it last February when I tried to get you to go out to dinner. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, I don't feel like it because it like just felt like we were going to be able to get to go out to dinner every day if we wanted to. Yeah. But now I'm like, hey, you want to go out to dinner? You know, I even offer to get like stuff they like. They don't want to go. So yeah. I haven't been anywhere yet. I did the other day pay with uh, Apple Pay and use the face ID and it felt incredible tight because i've been wanting to use that thing forever when you use apple pay you either have to type in your code or do face id if you have face id you can just stick your face in front of the thing and it'll pay for it okay but i got apple pay early on in the pandemic and i've never been able to not have my mask on when i'm paying but I took it down a little bit the other day. Just a little, take it down. Little let it, peak. Let it do it. Yeah. Okay. Lips are bre- lips are getting some wind on them. Let it breathe, baby. I did it. I did it. I mean, it's they're still like most places want you to wear a mask, and I'm gonna wear a mask inside if I go inside. I think I'll probably still wear one for at least a little while, but uh, I'm ready to take the CDC recommendations <laughs> at this point and just. I am vaccinated. I am doing what I want to do now. I am full on on the other side of this thing. Yeah, uh, High Street was so fucking bonkers last night. I, I just drove through it and uh, fucking. I saw uh, this wasn't this wasn't Columbus, but somebody did share a picture of someone literally hanging from the ceiling at a at a bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's yeah. It's getting it's getting back. It's nice. It's good to be there, man. And then like. I went to a friend's house yesterday. We'd been hanging out at, um, we'd been hanging out at like, uh, where were we? We're hanging out at our friend's house. We had went over there last weekend and, and for a party. And then I went over there yesterday to hang out and they told me that some of the guests were a little freaked out by me because I kept playing with my knife. <laughs> oh Yeah. I was like cowards. I mean, what do you think somebody's I'm going to I'm going to fucking knife somebody at a graduation party? Uh so I did make a faux pas in person playing with a knife. Yeah. New those new habits are hard to debut in front of, you know, people that don't know. That's <laughs> what you do now. My fidget spinner. This is my fidget spinner, guys. Yeah, it's a switchblade. Actually, I'm a fidgety person that has to have tactile experiences. That's why I have this. Yeah. I love tactile experiences, and I like knives. You know what? I saw the craziest shit, and Charlotte already knew about it. This kid that we hung out with today had something called a poppers. Not the good poppers. Um, It was just, it's silicone. It was a silicone circle, and it had little bubbles in it. And you flipped them to one side, and then you turned it over, and then you flipped them to the other side. And Charlotte sat there and just poked the fucking bubbles and was like, Look at this pattern, Dad. Look at this pattern, Oh, Dad. I've seen... I think I saw those at the gas station. I thought they were ice trays. They look like ice trays. Yeah. I, I couldn't... I don't know. It was a little too low impact for me. Me, personally, I prefer popper poppers. You yeah, know? those Just are great. Just get a real good breathe in on the poppers and loosen up back there, you know? Yeah. O'Brien in the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did... On this week, I wasn't able to like kind of talk about it, uh, uh, because I, you know, what do I know about anything that's happening in the world? You know, I don't know shit. I don't know anything that's happening three blocks from my house. 
But uh, I have been paying attention to the old uh, Israeli-Palestinian thing. And hey, you know, Palestine, free Palestine. That's what it is. Yes. Like I am on, I, I want to make it clear that I'm very much on the Palestine side. But like, I did want to say like, it is weird for me because it's like, I wanted, I wanted to tweet about it. But I also am like, a tweet doesn't do anything. But on Wednesday, I was like, I want to talk about it on a podcast and just like offer like solidarity or whatever. But I was like, that doesn't fucking do anything. And then I got to a couple of days later and I was just like, well, I'm literally not doing anything <laughs> at all. Like, right. I'm just not. I mean, it's like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want people to think I'm just doing stuff to do it, but then yeah. that's preventing me from doing it. I mean, I'm not in Israel. I'm not in Gaza. Yeah. I can't do anything in that department. So really, like, all and I can really do is just be like, hey, you know, I'm on the Palestinian side of this thing. You yeah. Know? Well, I think you bring up a good point, too, in that, uh, and I, oh, shit, I heard it on another podcast, um, but they said, you know, how it's moved a lot. Uh, the the awareness of what's going on over there has moved a lot, uh, and and that sharing that information, brushing up on it, reading new sources, you know, kind of reigniting it. Um, when we went to the Means TV preview last February, um, right before the uh right before the pandemic, we went to the to the uh grand opening of Gaza Fights for Freedom, uh, with Abby Martin. And that was incredible and so moving. And uh, I know it made a big impact on everybody that was there, but it also reignited, you know, like how important this is and, and how uh, much their struggle represents the struggle of all, all people, you know, uh, but they, they are certainly getting uh, the worst uh, in this situation, the way that it's silenced. Um, the way, you know, even like, uh, I saw Lewis Hamilton, the F1 guy put out a really dog shit answer that I'm sure he didn't even write. He probably has to text Mercedes and then they write back what he can say, you know? Yeah. It seems like if you're like some fucking famous dude or something like that, it just, you don't get to have an opinion on it. It's just so, and it's also like this weird, like it's that thing we fight against with a lot of things. I mean, you can even take it back to us talking about labor and shit like that. You know what I mean? It's like, there really aren't, like, regular ass motherfuckers don't get a chance to hear the Palestinian side of the thing. Yeah. You know, because you see a lot of them saying, yeah, the Chapo guys raised a hundred grand. Holy shit. For, them, for, for a Palestinian. That's fucking uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Good on you guys. But, but like. I uh I think like it's so weird that people uh, what I'm trying to think like how I'm trying to say it is that like I didn't even know what was going on until like 2011 or something like that like I didn't really understand it and then like you know I get little drips and drabs of information here and there and and you're right I could be interviewing um interviewing activists uh I don't know who and uh i am also extremely like i don't i i just don't know the thing and i also on a smaller point like mine and brett's beat is 
like less international because we don't know anything about international politics. <laughs> like, like that we feel, I think we feel comfortable in, in the place that we're at because we come from a, a, a well, we come from not expertise, but something that we know what we're talking about. And when we get into this, it's like, I could be derailed by some Israeli guy just saying some, some, some like Zionist would just say like, well, don't you think this? And I'd be like, I don't fucking know. I got, I know. I don't like that. You know, like it, it just feels like I'm too stupid, you know? <laughs> no. And actually I would say, uh, we were way more vocal in the past. I think we spent a lot more minutes in the past, uh, you know, uh, talking about it in a more direct way. Um, but I also feel the same way where, um, I, I don't have anything to say that's more important than what's being said by so many other people. And you can even go back and read, um, Kwame Turi stuff. You can go read brand new tweets. Uh, there's so much good information out there. Uh, all I'm going to be doing is synthesizing it and, and trying to spit it back out to you in an Ohio hayseed way. Yeah. But I just, I think like it sucks not to ever say it. No, it, no, I agree. You're absolutely right. No, and, we, we but, have to, but like, I, I also just, you know, for, for me, I like respect the listeners a lot. Not the ones in the chat, but like just the regular <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, and, and like, I, I don't want to, I don't want for them to feel like it's something that we're ignoring or that we don't feel comfortable confronting because we absolutely do. I feel comfortable confronting this. This is, I, I feel very strongly, uh, uh, that this, the Palestinians are the ones being wronged here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like uh uh I I think what Israel's doing is is horrible. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, it has to be stopped. So like uh uh you know, solidarity with everybody. Uh if I could go over there and threaten Netanyahu with a knife, I would. I would do it, you know. Okay. Go to his graduation party, his kids graduation party and flip a switchblade the whole time. I felt real bad about that. What? Just that people felt threatened because I was playing with a knife. And it's like, I mean, who do you think you're hanging out with? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, it's a weapon. Yeah, I know. And that's what I thought about. That's why I kind of feel guilty about the whole thing. Because it's like if I was a spinning a gun around in my hand, yeah. I would understand. But for me, it's like, come on, you know I'm not going to do nothing with a knife. But yeah. they don't know that. So I get it. I just felt bad about it. I uh also this week, uh, I am getting my my second or no, my third adult haircut in my whole life. Wow. In two weeks. Wow. Yep. Three. Three in my whole adult life. Well, we've got a little bit of time. What's the what were the first what were the this is the third. What were the first two? Uh the first one was at a place that was like one of those like old timey dude places with like playboys and stuff like that. Okay. Were, like playing the red hot chili peppers and G shit. Gave like, you a PBR. Yeah. And I just had a little bit of extra money, you know? And I was like, well, I guess like I'll go get my haircut. I've never done it before. I've heard it's very nice to get done. So I went and did that. And then a couple years later, we were about to go on tour and I went and got it cut and they didn't do like, they just didn't shave it the way I liked it, so I just didn't do it again. But now we're filming the TV show, so about three days before we film, I'm going to go to a place, 
and they're going to do the whole thing. Uh, they're going to shave my head and then give my beard a trim since really the problem is I don't know how to trim a beard. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have somebody else do it for me and then never do it again. Probably unless I like it, then I might just start doing it once a month. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I went and got my hair cut. Did I already talk about it on the show? It was awesome. It was awesome. I love talking to my dude. We just talked about fucking motorcycles the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want. I'm I'm hoping that like, I don't know. I'm hoping the people that do my stuff are nice or whatever. But like, I also know that like, my idea of what's nice is like usually just like somebody being like, you know how great you are, man. You're great. You're handsome. You do really well. I don't think they're going to do that. But if they do, I mean, I'll give them a fucking five-star review. I mean, I think most, if you're a good one, that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think you're supposed to act impressed by the people in your chair. Oh, I hope they're impressed by me. That would be really fucking nice. I just like to talk shit. Yeah. About stuff that doesn't matter to somebody that isn't a part of my life and is going to forget all of it as soon as I leave. I never it's feel comfortable having conversations with people that are doing work for me. In a way, you know, like, I think I, like, really got myself out of it when I quit the cable job and I, like, followed this cable guy around. I got real stoned during the day when the cable man was coming. Like, he got there at noon and I started smoking weed at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning and I was just fucking all lit up. And I was on, like, workman's comp from my injury and I like followed this guy around the house and asked him all kinds of questions about how he was doing things and what he was doing. And then like after he left, I, I kind of was like talking to somebody and they were like somebody that I worked with at the cable company. They were like, I fucking hate it when people do that. And I'm like, I gotta tell you, I do too. I don't know why I did it. <laughs> like, I just followed this guy around saying, you gonna run it. You're gonna tag it that way. You know what I mean? Like trying to get into a conversation about it. And I was like, this guy's just trying to do his work. So then after that, it's like, I don't want to bug people. I'm just not going to bug you. So yeah. Um, I mean, chasing somebody down that's in the basement and, and being like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just a nerd. Can I look, can I watch your work? Uh, versus someone that's literally like stuck within like three feet of your head. Yeah. I think it's, it's stone cold silence or pretending that they're not there seems a little more out of the ordinary from what I've known to, but I, you know, some people, I guess, just want to sit that I always just want to sit. That's my dream. Let's, uh, let's take some calls. Let's get some people on the phone. Okay. Here we go, baby. Here we go. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. I know that as soon as we answer this phone, they're not going to be there, and I'm not going to feel stressed about it. Okay. We there? I think I think we can do this. Answer the fucking phone, bro. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? <clears throat> hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, Kyle, North Carolina. Hey, what's up? What's going on? Oh, you know, uh, same shit, different day here. Hope you guys are doing all right. Uh, we're doing okay i'm you know i'm it was hot for the first time today and i feel tired from my walk but other than that i yeah. feel okay you know? yeah the sun wore me out yeah the sun got me well i just don't understand how you walk like 47 miles every day and it doesn't tire you out i, but, I like i know that muscle memory is a thing 
but it blows my mind because I think that after walking one mile, I just want to collapse. Uh, one <laughs> mile is only like 20 minutes, though. I walked 15 today, I believe. But uh, mind-blowing. That, it's heroic, as a matter of fact. It's a short <clears throat> amount of time for me. It, that's a shorter one for me, though. So it's not like you're right. Muscle memory is the thing. It's like you just don't. I'm not sore because I've done it so much. But believe sure. me, there are times like today when I got moving in the sun, I was like, I'm not used to this sun. It just wears on you. It's like carrying the sun on your back while you're walking, you know? Sure. Yeah. But, uh, it killed sure. my edible. Sometimes it's so hot that you can't even get high. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah. That'll ruin <laughs> everything. Yeah. yeah. So what's yeah. going on tonight? Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, it's, uh, been a week of navigating a <clears throat> a toilet paper esque crisis in the state of North Carolina uh, with this gas shortage. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> plus, plus, yeah. Plus finding out that people I know are Zionists, which sucks. But you know, I guess you know. Turns out I should have known this. The superwoman's a Zionist, and I think to myself, "Damn, she's so hot. Why does she have to be pro-Israel?" <laughs> oh, because she is from Israel after all. So, can uh, I, uh, can I ask fun. about the gas thing? Uh, what was the most yeah, expensive you saw it for? Oh, uh, so uh, the governor, uh, the governor of North Carolina, Roy Cooper, he uh, he did a state of emergency executive order a few days ago, um, and, and basically in the state of North Carolina, what what uh, what that does is it prevents price gouging. Um, so uh, most gas stations jack the price up to 2.99 a gallon but because of the state of emergency order um it 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 is still in effect so they legally cannot raise the price from there but still man it's like three dollars a gallon it's been a long time since i saw three dollars a gallon gas around here um, why are people flipping you know, out line? then it doesn't that's not or oh i guess places are running out did you see a lot of places that were out yeah, so like the street that I live off of in my town, um, currently, uh, currently, like every every ten gas stations might have gas, and then you know even that one that one station that does have gas, it's a line down the fucking street to get Still? in. Um, it, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, you know, for my work, we have delivery vans, so I spent. It took me almost two hours to, to drive three vans to fill them up because I was like, fuck, I mean, I hate to be a part of the problem, but we literally deliver shit. So, like, we right. need gas, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. So, I, I went and filled these guys. Yeah, it, it was insane. And, you know, it, it got to the point where it was like horns honking in the parking lot, you know, people people getting out of their cars and yelling at each other, like watching fights almost happen. I was like, yo, this is this is fucking crazy, you know, and how many of these people are still fucking working from home? You know what I mean? Like how many of these people are still like programming from their living room and then decided to go put gas in their car because they're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> then I couldn't that, figure like that. I couldn't figure out like what got people out of the house, but I guess, I don't know. Like if I don't, I live in the city, so I just walk everywhere. I, I would have just walked. I was just kind of like, it seemed like it was only going to be like four days, according to the news. Now, right. 
if it's four days and you don't know it's four days, I can see panicking and being like, I got to go get some fucking gas, <laughs> you know? And yeah, I guess sure, it's not sure. four days if it's still happening now. That's fucking crazy. Well, and, and the reality of the situation is that there is not a gas. There, we all know there was never a fucking gas shortage. That yeah. was not a thing at any point. Ever. It was just, you know, this is what the mainstream media does. You know, Fox and CNN and all these fucking news outlets, and especially local news outlets are the worst for it. Just absolutely driving people insane um, to go and buy shit that they don't need, and then. You know, and then I'm left over here with some very, you know, leftist thoughts about things like, oh, what about the people that are like fucking broke and have to buy gas like day to day with their tip money or, you know, with their 725 an hour paychecks? And then how many people are going to lose their jobs this week because they literally couldn't afford gas to make it back to their shitty underpaying job? You know, it's like my head goes to that and thinks about stuff like that as well. And it's just it's all very like, like disillusioning. I think, and this is but, this yeah. was all like artificially created just because of the hacker, just because some fucking hackers yeah. wanted to to try to get money ransom, ransom, right? I guess, I guess. And I mean, it, I mean, let's be honest, like fuck Colonial Pipeline for sure, but still though, like some hackers got bored, hacked Colonial Pipeline mainframe or whatever, and uh, and now, oh sorry, um, and then now here we are dealing with this shit days later it's, it's a logistics issue more than anything and it's just frustrating because people are stupid and it makes me just you know <laughs> i'd love to bring you some gas up i mean we're at 289 a gallon i saw today and uh there hasn't been yeah. a line at all like we got all the gas in the world here maybe i could run a really yeah, long yeah. hose to you i also That's what you should do uh, wa watching those people fill up bags? different containers and then me trying to figure <laughs> yeah. out how they're going to get the gas out of them was very fun. Yeah. Cause like you would see somebody also, filling yeah. up a, a yeah. big rubber made and you're like, okay, how do you get the gas from that into your car? Yeah. It's like, I, I just think they were thinking about selling the gas. I think a lot of the people that were getting a lot of gas were going to, they were like, we got to sell this. We're going to sell this gas. This gas is, this is, this well, is my Bitcoin here. My ships come well, in. It was fucking. It, it was just. It was capitalism, you know, in in full effect, where you know a false scarcity was created by the media, and then people with enough privilege and resources to panic buy went out and panic bought with the intention of hoarding and reselling it to people for a premium price who probably can't even fucking afford it. It's like. Bro, this is literally what grocery stores do to us. <laughs> but now we're so, doing it to each other. Poison two two four says they did make a few million dollars doing this. They made five million. Yeah, so that's great. Got five that's really good for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this right. is also a peek at right. how uh, North Carolina is going to act in a crisis. I mean, good lord. Right, uh, <laughs> dude, it's insane here. I mean, we're you know we're we're one of those states that that's pretty that's pretty known for getting hit by hurricanes and such. And when whenever we get hurricanes in. Oh my God. It's, it's literally like, so we're inland. I mean, the, the area I live in is about two and a half, three hours inland, but we still like, uh, you, you can't, you can't find plywood anywhere because people buy it all and board up windows. Um, you know, people go and buy up all the groceries. Like the day we find out about a hurricane hitting, it's just chaos. Like people buying up the canned food, buying up bottled waters, um, filling up 
gas tanks for the generators, blah, blah, blah. Dude, people, people like way, way, way overreact to shit here. Like, I, I don't even know, <laughs> like, I, yeah, it's bad. I don't know how we'd react to uh, a much worse thing. But, um, yeah, that's been pretty shitty. Um, honestly, kind of depressing. It's been a pretty uh, depressing week for me anyway. Um, uh, on that topic, I would like to give a shout out to Brett for cleaning up and trying to uh, get back out there. You look you look like you just shaved the depression right off your face, Brett. And, then, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's very nice. It's very, it's very nice see you out here uh shining i did and being your best self i did love the long hair a lot for headbanging that was like the best feeling in the world um to me the beard was definitely too cro-magnon uh yeah 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 yeah. i I, i'm currently in the process of uh growing my hair out but i'm at that like weird medium phase where i'm like god i just like shit every day and i need my hair to be like four inches longer so i can not Look, <laughs> so I can not look like a press person, but um, yeah. Got, uh, one one last thing. I'm uh, you know, maybe I'll call back in with updates on this later. But I'm looking to possibly change things up with my job situation. Um, I'm kind of getting burnt out on what I do for a living, and I'm thinking that I want to fucking step down from the nine to five shit and uh, just like bartend and make ends meet and try to like live my life and not myself out to the day-to-day shit um it's been super depressing lately especially when my company like has been letting people go lately and it's been doing kind of some weird shit that i don't necessarily agree with and it's like you know what i'm i think it might be time to change things up and maybe you know not just be stuck in that nine to five lifestyle and maybe get myself in a position where you know i can do a little bit more uh, especially for uh you know uh making myself more available for mutual aid and things like that as well. So I'm just kind of trying to maybe change some stuff up. So uh, if I have some updates, I'll let you guys know how all that goes. But uh, yeah, fuck, fuck work. Fuck bosses. Absolutely. Oh, I've heard that before. And good luck with the uh, uh, bartending. I mean, bartending always sounded like a decent job to me. I, I think I could. Uh, that sounds yeah. not bad. I think if if it's something that yeah. you can, you know, get into, you know. Yeah, so I mean, like I currently work in the wine and beer industry, but I'm on like the operations side of things. Um, you know, I know I, I've never really been behind the bar, but I know so many people that own bars or you know bartend at like cool spots where there's a lot of uh, a lot of foot traffic and stuff. And you know, I hear stories of people working five hours on a Saturday and making like 600. I'm like, yo, that's, that's insane. I mean, obviously it's very hard work, very exhausting. You're on your feet the whole time, but like, you know, you clock out from a job like that and you, you are clocked out. Like you don't have to think about it until you go back. So I think that's kind of the caveat here is, you know, getting myself to a position where I just, you know, I got to make money to pay my rent shit. So just trying to switch things up and uh, try to be happier and not let work dominate my life. Like, yeah, we all seem to do at some point in time. But uh, yeah, that's kind of kind of what I'm working on. Um, yeah, man. Navigating navigating the Palestine conversations and navigating gas shortage bullshit. So, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> Play, good luck. Playing mental gymnastics this week. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate thanks for it. calling. Yeah, uh, appreciate it. I'll call in. Yeah. yeah. Take care. Bye. Thanks.
do 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 we got uh more callers yeah or we do we, got some callers dicking around or? i got a we got a celebrity caller here my so one and only sarah squirm sarah squirm yeah hey thanks oh my for calling. god hello hello <laughs> Sarah Square, I am a fan. I am a big fan. Um, I love your art. Oh, stop. And I like gross stuff. I like that you do gross stuff. That is very beautiful to me. Oh my God. Thank and I hey, fan of Street Fight Radio. And I was just I was bragging to my friend earlier that I was like, oh, I'm calling into Street Fight Radio. And I just found out, and then my friend Luke, who's a big fan of the show, said, well, you're really going to like this. They love the band Typo Negative, which is a band I just found out about and I'm obsessed with and I listen to every single day. I did the same thing last year. Uh, uh, I got super into October Rust. And uh, yes. yeah, it's the greatest album in the whole world. It is so hard to stop once you get started with that with that album and it's long too 16 songs or something like that it's like shit you just found out about it last year because i was feeling stupid i'm like how did i know about this like gothic like metal band where the guy does vampire R rolling and i i felt stupid that i didn't find out about them until literally last week yeah, I found, I knew about, I had seen him in concert back when he was alive, and, uh, but I hated him, because it wasn't the, like, kind of music that I was into at the time, and I, I also, at the, that time in my life, I, I don't know if everybody goes through this, but it was basically illegal to be funny when you made music at that time, I hated it, right. I just was like, don't even... No, this isn't a place for jokes. I or don't fun. want you smiling when you're doing it. <laughs> it's all bullshit. So I saw him and I didn't know he was having fun. And and like I remember especially being mad about him rolling his R's at the time. And then like as soon as I got as soon as I was I don't know what last year I got really into Danzig. And then I was like, what okay. is what is darker? Than Danzig, and that's what got me into typo negative. And now I have a blanket that is uh, Peter Steele's uh, Playboy Playgirl picture <laughs> standing there with his hog in his awesome. hand. <laughs> it's a big. That he blanket. got like mad about. Yeah. He, he got mad about. He like posed in Playboy, and then he was like, "Wait, oh shit! I didn't realize dudes are gonna be jerking off to this." It's like, <laughs> what did you think this was gonna be? Man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he wasn't a smart guy, but he was a creative guy. <laughs> and that he i've been upset there's i found some like youtube video of him of like typo negative playing on howard stern at like 8 a.m and it's like you know howard stern is like hey guys yeah it's typo negative in the studio and he's like yeah peter steel all your songs are about wanting to kill yourself and your girlfriend what's that about and he's like yeah i went to the loony bin and they told me to get yeah, out i was too awesome. crazy sarah hey sarah yeah yes yes we got you. You're back. You heard me? No, we just heard you. We can hear you now. We just can hear you. 
you know, my shrill Jewish voice blew out the speakers. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. It, this new computer situation. I'm complaining about it because Brett got a new computer, and then the studio got a new computer, and I'm using the same old sour grapes computer over here. So uh, I'm just complaining a lot about it. Um, is is how I am. So. And the people in the uh, chat are like, this is great. I love it when this stuff happens. And I'm like, I don't. So, uh. <laughs> That's some real. That was real. <laughs> yeah. I hate it when it happens. It's the worst feeling in the world. Um. So. You had a question. Well, no. Well, we were talking about typo negative. Uh, but that's over, I guess. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I did want to ask. Uh, you have the new, uh, you have the new uh, Sarah vaccine on Means TV out now, um, which that I haven't watched true. yet. Uh, my internet in my house is fucking awful, uh, and I I just got a computer yesterday. Can I ask you this, Sarah? <laughs> I read so yes, please. So I, <laughs> it's fucking so funny. I I your post announcing it or saying that it's out got retweeted by means and i read the responses to that from means and i was like i was like oh no is the, uh, are are people not because there were some pe people were like i don't know i just watched that most people were very nice and they said it's like the coolest thing ever so how do you feel about the reaction from the means people like the the people that are finding you on there. I I know what I you know I'm not new at this. I know it's gross. People aren't gonna like it. I do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny to see. I love seeing just plain like normal, uh, sane, uh, good human being mean subscribers being like. Uh, you know, I subscribed to you guys because I like lefty political stuff, and I did not not sign up for pus blood common shit. So, <laughs> and that's how you know it's good. It's a hit. <laughs> yeah, I would say you know we we've told the story about like we got started because uh, we we did a podcast with two other guys, and they went on vacation, and when we did a podcast together the most amount of people ever complained about it. We got the most feedback ever about the podcast. Everyone said they hated <laughs> us and thought we were too mean and too cruel. And then it was like, people want to hear this. <laughs> it got someone off their ass to email us. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We got yelled at by not only the people that we did the podcast with hated it, but like also the people who were listening, the only listeners to this podcast, they also hated it. And then me and Brett were like, we got to do more of this. This is, I love it. You know, we were like really If you're mean. getting a reaction out of people, that's important. Yeah. You can that's work, you can sauce. work with that. That's uh, now you got something, you got smoke, you can get fire to happen. <laughs> it is cool oh, though. People are pissed. Now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> <laughs> it is fucking really cool though that like means is doing stuff that's a little bit because with me and brett like <clears throat> we wrote some we wrote some very fucking weird shit and like we're just like i hope people like it 
or, or expected very weird shit from us because we've never had a TV show. So we were just kind of like, what's the like weirdest stuff we've thought about over 10 years? <laughs> well, I I'm so thankful for me because everything I do gets like, you know, taken down from YouTube for like graphic content or like taken off of Twitter, uh, for like threatening self harm or, you know, not allowed. I, I made like playing for adult swim and we couldn't show pubes or whatever. And so I was like, thank God means TV. Let me do whatever I wanted to do. And didn't tell me I couldn't show like the bloody tampon getting eaten. You know what I mean? Yikes. But God bless. <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> what got you into like doing really gross stuff? Like what was the, what was the, uh, like, was there a point where you weren't, was there a point where you were doing like regular comedy and then you were just like, fuck it. Uh, I'm going to make, you know, cum and blood and tampons or was it was it more like just that's what you came out with uh i pretty much what i came out with i was like doing for a while i was just doing visual art stuff that was always gross and like dabbling in just really jewish stand-up and then i was like wait a minute these, these can be married yeah <laughs> i can yeah. make uh gross Jewish horror that um it hey that's hey that's funny and also you know makes you think you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I mean so is that like I mean like if you got the shot to make I mean I I guess this is a, this is a question that just occurred to me and you can tell me if it's stupid but if you got the shot to make like a horror movie or a comedy are you I mean obviously you would mix both because you're you and you're funny but like I mean, is that something you'd want to do as, like, a horror, like, a gore movie? Is that what you watch? I would love to. I mean, I think what I like, my project with myself is constantly challenging myself to, like, present um, the most disturbing, um, uh, 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 alienating image you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just say, you know, me, you know pissing out a bloody tampon into a piss beaker and then drinking it, um, you know, whatever. Uh -huh. And then like using, Oh, you think that's gross, honey? I guess you hate women whatever. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, how can I like the push and pull of like alienation and comedy? So like if I'm alienating you with like hideous imagery, then like comedy is the like, you know, you're laughing cause you're identifying yeah. with something. You're like, Oh, ha ha ha. I understand that. So I always like, you know, playing with that, like how, how far can I push people away? And then how, um, how can the jokes be good enough to reel them back in? Yeah. So I think doing something like a full blown horror movie would be a challenge because it's like, how do I completely, you know, uh, you know, how can I make people feel utterly lost, hopeless, afraid, and like full of misery, but at the same time, look at them, they're laughing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what, I mean, I, I guess like, were you just into like this kind of stuff growing up? Like, what were you into growing up and stuff? Well, I didn't really love, I wasn't so much drawn to horror uh, growing up as much as like, you know, Ren and Stimpy Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of mm -hmm. thing. Ugh. 
but that's all grotesque, like garbage yeah. kids, whatever. It's like kids love like gross shit. It's stupid. I love um, I loved garbage pail kids. Yeah. I loved garbage pail kids, but honestly, seriously, I would get weirded out watching Ren and Stimpy, and I just like couldn't handle it because they would like show. The thing that bu- bugged me about, like, I was all like, oh, you know, boogers are cool, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. And then, like, they would, the teeth thing. There was a teeth episode where they were pulling oh, yes. a nerve. And he, Ren had his nerves hanging out of his mouth. And then yep. they do those hyper close up oil paintings. Yeah. Yeah. That fucked me and up. Like, as a, a kid. And, and I just was like, I remember because, oh, like, I was pretty, like, I would read magazine, like, Spin Magazine and, like, Rolling Stone. And, like, I would try to keep up with, like, what was kind of cool or whatever. Which I know those aren't cool, but you know what I mean. I tried to keep up with <laughs> what was, like, kind of mainstream cool. And, like, I remember reading about Ren and Stimpy and then watching it. And, I, and just, I remember watching it and being, like... Who the fuck is this for? What kind of a fucking sick people watch this show? And then like, because you, you, it lulls you into this thing where you're like, this is like, you know, this is pretty funny. These guys are a little, it's a little off kilter. And then something disgusting happens. And I just, I can't handle it. I can't handle disgusting. I am a coward. You know, that's funny. Cause like you're watching this being like, who is this for? This is so disgusting. And then, uh, you know, this is for sickos and perverts. And then I'm watching it being like, who made this? This is probably made by a sicko and a pervert. And it was. Look at that. Can you believe it? <laughs> I mean, I can, I, I do, because uh, Brett is, of the two of us, Brett is like, he's seen every horror, he loves horror movies and he likes gore and gross shit. I am. You know what I think my issue is, Sarah? I think it's that I hate the human body. All of it. Everything about it. Well, that's what horror is. It's like, it's scary because you're forced to reckon with the thing that's deep inside of you that you're afraid of, which is yourself. And like, that, you know, isn't that what horror is? It's like all of a sudden things that are supposed to be inside are on the outside, which is scary, but that's kind of funny because it's like things are somewhere that they're not supposed to be. What are, what are all these intestines doing outside of the body? Hello? <laughs> but I don't like thinking about having, uh, I, I just describe it as guts. I don't like thinking about having guts at all. Anything on the inside, like, uh, I remember the first time I heard somebody talking about concussions. And I had heard the word concussion my whole life and probably had had a couple concussion horse playing with my friends or in a mosh pit or something. And then I heard the brain rattles around in the head and I'm like, I never want to hear the <laughs> word concussion again because I don't want to think about having a brain. I don't want to think about having a heart. Uh, I, I recently said to Brett, because I'm 42 and I, I was texting with Brett that I was having like really bad panic attacks. And this is how unaware of my body I am. I was like, I'm having these really bad panic attacks. I think I'm dying. And he's like, well, what makes you think you're dying? I'm like, well, DMX just died and he's only 50. <laughs> and Brett was like, you guys are living radically different lifestyles. <laughs> but like, to me, my insides are exactly like somebody who is dying tomorrow. That's like the way I think about it. I don't like thinking about hearts. I don't 
like I don't give blood because I don't like seeing a needle go in my veins. It flips me out. So this is perfect. So, you got to see this. I, you got to see Sarah Squirm vaccine. It's the perfect thing for you, Brian. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Hey, here's my elevator pitch to you about Sarah vaccine. It's gross. It's going to give you a panic attack that makes you feel like you're dying. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's that? check it out. I haven't had a panic attack in like two months now, Sarah. So I think and I need This one. will bring it on. I'm due. I'm do well, I want to watch it with my wife, though. I mean, because I, I am a, a totally abnormal guy that will watch it and be like, oh, this is very cool. But my wife is just a regular person that works at a regular place and uh, does is probably going it's going to freak her out. So I, I like watching stuff with her like this because she'll just be like, I, I don't be a good gauge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she got mad at me one night because I called Fargo a comedy. Like, because I thought it was a comedy movie. That's how, like, skewed her Yeah, because they talk weird. Yeah, I, that's what I tried to say to her, but she was not having it. She's like, they get, people get killed in that. I'm like, yeah. It's pretty I funny. Know. Comedies. But they get killed really funny. I mean, they get put a hollow a wood chipper. That's, like, the greatest prop carrot top never used. I know. You know what's great about the wood chipper in that movie is the taking the board and like shoving the like that they didn't just just because a lot of times you'll see somebody go in a wood chipper and it just chops them all up and it comes out the other side blood. But in Fargo, it's a leg sticking out and they're pushing it down in like yeah. it's having trouble grinding the body. <laughs> See, that should make you feel better about being aware of your body because you're panicking. You're like, oh, my God, I'm aware of my heart. I'm aware of my brain. These are fallible, fleshy or structures that could fail me at any moment. But then you see a body going through a wood chipper. It's actually the human body's kind of resilient. It's kind of tough. <laughs> the, the wood chipper's got a job, you know? That's true. <laughs> That is true, but I—that's that, the thing. I—I I mean, you're the—the you, the best thing you said there. The—the the thing that I never want to say it out loud because it freaks me out a little bit is like the—the the thing that makes me nervous is my heart. Like I don't like thinking about my heart or anybody's heart. I don't like to hear somebody's heart beating. I don't like to like. like yes. If I'm laying on my wife and I can hear her heart, I move. Like I move away from it. <laughs> you know? And and like that's it's the, the the thing that reminds you you're most alive is often the thing that reminds you you're close to death. Like. Uh, yeah. And it's gonna stop. <laughs> I mean, I know it's gonna stop. I actually I I read a news story. Now this is probably totally wrong, and I probably fucked this all up, and it's probably not actually true. But back when I was in ninth grade, I was told by an adult, I don't know who it was, I can't remember, that there was this kid playing baseball in, in like for school, right? And the pitcher threw a pitch. This isn't an exceptionally fast pitch or anything. It's just a regular ass pitch. Hits this other kid in the chest. And it, no, no. and it hit him at such a time 
that his heart stopped beating. It killed him. And they said that this is what this, this is what this person told me. They said three times a minute, if you get hit, it happens three times a minute where if you get hit during a certain part of the heartbeat, it can kill you. It'll kill you instantly. So, like, I've always Three had... Three times a minute is too many times. I know. <laughs> I know. But I've had in my mind for my whole life, since, like, eighth <laughs> or ninth grade, that, like, a fucking... Something could hit me in the chest at that one time out of the three times per minute and kill me. <laughs> so, like, every 60 seconds, <laughs> you just... You're thinking, like, oh, thank God. I made it. I made it. And I survived three. Well, I survived three moments that I was just a, a hair's breadth away from death. Well, there's but like that. you could have been going to the grocery store and someone could have been like walking backwards and turned around really hard yep. with like a big box and just like hit you right in the chest or you fall on your back and then your your heart it's it's about to be. What yeah. Is <laughs> you think that's crazy? That's how I think. I I think about the three times. I also was told. By somebody when I was a kid. I think it was my aunt. My weird aunt that lives out in the country and doesn't have a TV. Um, okay. Study. She's smart time studying probably medicine instead. Yeah. And she told me that if you sneeze three times in a row, that's the closest you ever get to death. Like that, like you're literally no. dead the third time you sneeze, but you come back to life. But I always felt like <laughs> after that, I always felt like after that third time I sneeze, because sometimes I'll sneeze four times in a row and I'll just be like, God damn, man. It's just, you know, I'm lucky I lived through that. <laughs> yeah. I just died, bro. What's you that? just died. What's that? What's that old like Norm McDonald joke that's like, we're always afraid of like murderers, like, breaking into our house and killing us but like the thing we all die from is we get attacked by our hearts we should be afraid of our own hearts <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> that's the life I live sir I am afraid three times a minute <laughs> three times a minute you're afraid of your own heart it's like it has like a it has like there's it just sounds like there's like a like a, a hairline fracture in the cylinder of your heart that kind of just <laughs> It reveals the weakness at certain points. I'll tell it to that kid's family that died on the baseball field that I never read in the paper or anything, no. but was told by somebody that you that yeah. And they said it. They, the other the other detail of it that really freaked me out was like it happens to eight people a year or something like that. They said like it happens. No. Yes. Yeah, they said it happens to like eight or nine or you know it was like a low number, but it was like an amount of people per year that die from like getting barely hit in the chest. It's like, cause that's what they always, that's a what, baseball isn't barely. Well, no, but they were like, it shouldn't have killed nobody. And you know what I mean? Like, that's why like, it's like, I don't let my wife touch my throat either or my wrists. Cause I don't, I'm afraid of wrists and throats too. I don't like those. Right. Uh, yeah, those are two. I mean, that sucks. Things. You're attached to some. I, I mean, that's unfortunate. I'm attached to a lot of stuff I'm afraid of. I mean, ninety percent of what I'm afraid of is right here. I'm on my person. Okay. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> but I, um, 
I do have to say, I do think now um, it should be mandatory. Every student, uh, before they graduate from high school, they get sat down in a room and they talk to like a group of therapists or teachers or guidance counselors, and they have to say everything that they were told as a kid that they think is real about the world. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> we have to get rid of that. We have to stop that. We could have saved you 20 years of heartache. So, uh, uh, what- it's real. The baseball of the heart's real. Yeah, it sounds it's, real, it's, doesn't it? Like, no. it doesn't sound like it could be fake, you know? But, like, I guess, like, for me, it's like, why would you make that up? Is, is, is my question. There. Well, because the you way know? that you because stand when you it's an amazing bat, story. <laughs> it is. It's a good story. I'll, I'll admit that it's a good story, Sarah. <laughs> we gotta get Sarah on Heat O'Brien Unleashed. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> but uh uh sarah is there anything that's coming up soon no that was it i poured my entire life into a 13 minute video that no one will watch and on a website that people and you can't get people to go to websites these days Are you kidding me you tell someone to go to a website they go insane i do yeah. goes, how can i watch the new movie you know what I mean? I go, they go, how can I watch the new movie? And I go, it's on a website. They, they go insane. It's longer than two minutes. So everybody go watch their vaccine. And I think you guys will actually like this. My friend, Eris, who made the prosthetics, the gory prosthetic for it and did all the like piss and shit and vomit stuff makes the mask for Slipknot. What? Holy guacamole. Yeah. I need to hire him yeah. to make us a mask. A Slipknot style mask. That is fucking so cool. Like y'all need some masks. Like for your streaming, come on, mix it up. I I agree. And and you know what? Something you said there about people not wanting to go to websites. That is very true. I mean, we go to three websites now. Pretty. I go on apps. I like apps. Websites. Yeah. And uh, as soon as somebody says go to a go to a different website, you're like, oh, fuck you, you know? I don't have time <laughs> for that shit. <laughs> I don't have time. Like, do you ever think about, like, the, like, in in the 2000s, like, how you would get up and go on the internet and, like, you would just go to a bunch of different websites. You would just be like, I gotta go to this. I, got, I, I was like, I gotta go to the PRP, which is where I got my news about metal. I got to go to shit. I can't remember the other websites I went to. Seanbaby.com. Yeah, was literally site. the World Wide Web. You had the worldwide information superhighway at your fingertips, the land of promise and magic. You could go to a Skinner from X Files fan page that was just a perfectly customized GeoCity with a customized sparkly cursor and the world is at your fingertips and look it. at it look at it now yeah it was better when it was hard to use and old people couldn't fucking whip themselves into a frenzy and start running on gas <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> yeah. the computers were for nerds it was better yeah i would agree with that i would agree with that well thanks for calling in sarah we appreciate it and uh anytime thanks for letting me call in yeah you appreciate cool. it. you're great we didn't let you. You, you, you we wanted you your to honored call guest. Us. Yeah, thank you for calling. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Peace. Bye. You can find Sarah Squirm hold on, hold on. on Twitter at Sarah Squirm. We Sarah with an H. Yawling. I got one. It's been waiting. You got one in front? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Take it. All right. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. We're talking to Caitlin Goldblatt tonight. Trust Punch from Twitter. How's it going? Hey, it's going all right. Can you hear me okay? Uh, it's a kind real of, it's weird sound. It's a little sounding. scratchy sounding. Little scratchy. Oh no. Um, how about now? Ooh, it sounds like you're on a walkie-talkie. Are you on? Uh, how, uh, how's how's this? I had you guys. I had you guys on speakerphone. I'm sorry. That was weird. This is still robotish. It's very weird. But uh, hold on. Let's see if we can get it. Hello. Oh. Hello, oh, hi. Oh, no. Well, I we can kind of understand you, but it yeah. keeps kind of cutting out. Can we put her on hold real quick and then test it to see if it's on our end? Mm, yeah, I don't think it's on my end. Oh, okay. Well, we don't have to do that. Put her on hold and bring her back. Uh, let's see. Beep. All right, hello? Oh. Hello? Yeah, it's like... It's like scratchy. Um, hello. You want to try call back? Hi. Yeah, try, try. Uh, yeah, let me. Yeah, try us back. Sorry. I feel really bad. I've been. This is all we. We oh, we're gonna give her money. <laughs> we wasted so much of her time. Yeah. I was supposed to record with her earlier, and then or earlier this week, and then the computer fucking broke, and then my internet went out, and it was just like, I feel terrible. You want me to test it? Test what? I think it was definitely on her end. Um, let's see here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Hey, this is Caitlin. Is this any better? Oh this my God, it's perfecto. a million times better. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great, great. I do still have you on speakerphone. Um, I'm sorry, that's like that's like my bullshit. But um, no, it's perfectly acceptable. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Yeah, this yeah, sounds thanks. great. Now um, you sound like eight high definition, <laughs> like you're in a microphone. So, what's going on tonight? Oh wow, that that must just be the tone of my voice. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm calling, I guess, with a little bit of a cautionary tale about. Some stuff that's happening in Baltimore, where I live, and um, I guess I'll just get into it. There is, and I'm talking, I'm talking about Baltimore, but really, like the fact of the matter is, is that what's happening in Baltimore right now is something that has the very, the the very present reality of spreading to other cities. And, um, and it's a huge problem. So, you know, I wanted to come on and maybe talk to, talk to some other folks who live in other places who this is, uh, this kind of coming for. There's a, there's this company called Rhino, Mm -hmm. which is the sound still okay? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Sorry. Okay. Great. Great. Okay. So there's this company called Rhino. It's based, um, it's based in New York city and it's funded by a venture capital firm called Kairos. And it's president, it is a, it's a real estate company that essentially sells surety bonds to, um, to tenants in order to get them to sign away all of their rights as tenants in exchange for paying a nominally low fee every month 
in exchange for like not having to pay a lump sum security deposit basically so they've been what they've been doing yeah what they've been doing and they actually did in your state they did in cincinnati and they got a bill passed there they've been going to different states and shopping around legislation that they're calling quote unquote renter's choice and what they're what they're selling this as is that this gives options for renters to um to not have to pay um, lump sum security deposits, but unfortunately, their contracts um, really bind tenants into forced arbitration. So tenants can no longer use the courts to assert any of their very limited protections. And mm. they've said themselves that they can landlords can use the um, Landlords can use the uh, surety bonds in order to collect unpaid rent without ever going to court. Um, they have to give very little proof for this. They get paid out, and then the tenant becomes the debt coll- the rhino becomes the debt collector for these tenants. And what they did in Baltimore back in January is they came in and lobbied our city council really hard. And they used the fact that they had passed similar legislation in Atlanta and Cincinnati to do it. And they made it sound really nice. They had a, uh, they had a round table with some of our city council members. And then despite a ton of advocates telling them about how legally this bill is going to really screw tenants over, um, most of the city council went ahead and passed it. And now this bill is on our mayor's desk. Um, and if he doesn't veto it tomorrow, this bill is going to pass into law and it's going to put a lot of people in tough positions in a really difficult situation and really enable slumlords here. And it's, and it's something that came about over the last few years and is now kind of being sold directly to landlords as well as a way for, um, as a way for landlords to drive up security deposit costs and also oh. fill vacancies once people are evicted, once the eviction moratoriums run out. And so this whole thing, this whole thing is a complete mess. And this is really the only, what's also wild about this whole fight is that for the last several months, Advocates in Baltimore have increasingly all been together in fighting against this bill. And this is the left. Like, we never agree on shit. But on this particular matter, everyone in the city, for the most part, is in the agreement that this is just bad legislation that should be vetoed. And what's holding it up, ultimately, is what appears to be an internal political struggle in our city council. And this is really the closest it seems that this bill, this kind of legislation has gotten to be being vetoed. And what's been really maddening is during this whole process, as we uncover more and more about how bad this kind of legislation is, um, we can see Rhino going to other cities like Salt Lake City and Tempe, Arizona, and trying to do the same thing there. And what they use is they use past legislation to do it. And this is like a company that's been super overvaluated. It's still a, it's still a private company. They haven't gone public or anything, but the odds of a company evaluated as high as it is for to succeed are so low. And so what they're really doing is getting city governments to codify them so that they have guaranteed income after they fail. 
and can't get any more individual landlords to buy in. So it's just this, um, it's an incredible mess. Um, and I, I can totally answer, I can answer specifics here, but just like the lay of the land is that, um, it's taking a, it's really frustrating because cities like Baltimore, um, are cities that are just constantly extracted from by rich people. Like mm-hmm. a lot of folks see a city like Baltimore and they just want to sell it for parts. And we saw that with, uh, we saw that with Kushner's properties in here. And this is a really great opportunity to say, no, we're not going to do that. We've, we've been through a lot, especially during the pandemic. And um, really it's been, it's been really disheartening to see um, just the the constant um, assumption of good faith on the part of elected officials towards these like these technocrats who are really just looking to like uh, like make a quick buck and run away from us. So so yeah, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> so so uh, uh, this is landlords. This is like yeah. a a chamber of commerce gimmick thing, sort of, but. Like a group of landlords um, oh, that yeah. are trying to. So that's actually a really interesting question because a lot of um, a lot of what actually brought Rhino in here has been really obfuscated during this process because we've had um, we've had people who have been um, supporters of the bill within city government saying that this bill, which is identical to the Rhino bill presented in um, Atlanta and Cincinnati, they've been saying that Rhino had nothing to do with this. But today, an interesting art. So one of our, one of our local like alt media papers, the Baltimore brew, um, they issued a, um, a FOIA request to our city government for more um, for information about like their emails. Uh, with representatives of this company. And it turned out that they were linked to the, um, the city government was linked up with Rhino through a representative of a group called um, the Greater Baltimore Committee, which is functionally, um, functionally a chamber of commerce uh, kind of situation. So it was, Rhino was sort of introduced to us through, um, through developers basically yeah and, and it, go ahead brett yeah so so it's a way like it's a way f- uh for people to just pay five dollars a month instead of a thousand dollar um well deposit to get in the door and then it also comes with all these other fancy protections for slumlords <laughs> well that's actually another thing so like the promise is obviously like hey you pay five bucks and you get in the door but the deal is, is that even with even whatever like nominal monthly fee you pay, that changes based on um, what the landlord decides and whether the landlord decides if you're like a quote unquote oh. riskier renter or not. Oh. So even so, even that is extremely variable. And we've seen reports from the Better Business Bureau from people who tried this saying like, actually, my fees jumped way up. And on top of that. Landlords don't, unlike with a lump sum security deposit where landlords um, deduct from it at the, at the end of your lease term and, or they may deduct from it like during your lease term and everything, but it's like you get 
the amount that they didn't use back at the yeah. end. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we know landlords. Um, but when it comes to Rhino, they can actually file claims with the company during the, um, during the tenancy. And that means that tenants can be in debt for even more money than a traditional lump sum oh. security deposit would have cost. Oh shit. During their yeah. Here's I see what you're saying. So then it's like the water heater the water heater broke. We need to bump up their premium to seventy five dollars a month now. Fuck that. Yeah, like that can happen. And the um and because of the forced arbitration clause in in the contract that Rhino has folks sign, which we've seen, those those contracts really in really give just a um a free pass to landlords and you know a landlord might be like hey i'm going to be scrupulous but a landlord in no way has to be um and on top of that like so someone who shall remain nameless um happened to sit in on a webinar that rhino's marketing director eric Krause was holding for landlords at the end of april and um would it be okay if I just played like a short little excerpt from what he said? Sure. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I hope you can hear it all right. Hey, we're you're better just, at just me like now. yell at me if and I'm sure you guys have read the reports, but just to kind of give you an update, uh, you know, since the pandemic, uh rent has really started to grow now as of recent. And um and that's just to go back to this first quarter here in twenty twenty one. Um and because of that, right, property owners are needing to find more ways to appeal renters. The, you know, the market's never been more competitive. And, um, you know, with housing getting more expensive, uh, it, you know, you guys are in a great spot to uh, really, you know, capitalize on these, you know, what's going on in the market right now, which is great. Did you hear that okay? Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. So basically, so basically like what these, what these venture capitalists are willing to say to landlords who are their real clients here is that, Hey, people are screwed because of the pandemic. People are going to be evicted soon. That's awesome for you. And they literally say, Hey, come capitalize on that. This will let you do it. And that is just something that, and they're so, they're so blatant about it. Um, and when the full video of this session was leaked, um, all the CEO had to say in, um, in a statement to a, I think I, I posted in the chat a little bit ago. I'm going to repost just so folks can see again. Um, what the CEO said to a reporter who was asking about that was that this entire video, which was published in full, was taken out of context. And when she pressed him on what was taken out of context, all he said was, actually, no, I mean, I said, like, it was, um, it was taken without our permission. It's like, of course it was taken without your permission. You're about to take <laughs> you a took... bunch of, uh, like, <laughs> like, con- were gonna, like, were you going to tell us yes? <laughs> yeah, my context was that was private, and you took that context away from me. Yeah, like, I, yeah, no, I really <laughs> thought that it was, uh, I really thought it was extremely private that we were going to be defrauding a ton of low-income renters in this city, um, and the fact that you leaked that is just super unacceptable, and that brings to light, like, you know, larger issues with, like, the, the civility of, like, technocracy and liberalism, where, 
as long as you're saying something real nice and doing it, even if you're doing something real bad, it's totally okay. But like, fuck this, this is a complete scam. And, um, it's so frustrating to me that like, not only do they want to take advantage of people who are in bad situations here in the city, but that people are letting them and willing to promote them and that they're just going to use us to take this like snake oil to the next city. Yeah. And that's what they're doing now. I mean, our city council president and vice president are on Rhino's website. They're using, they have an astroturfing website called renter's choice where they make everything look real sweet and nice and like it's going to help renters. And then they have every elected official who's ever said anything remotely supportive. And they're just using, um, they're using the reputation of a majority black city to make themselves look like white saviors. And maybe that's how they really view themselves and all. But ultimately what they're proposing is just something that's so unconscionable during a time that people need so much and need real solutions and need things like, I don't know, rent control that, I mean, I, this whole, the whole like last, like, two months we've been really mobilizing around this. I just haven't been able to believe how so many people can organize against something like this. And it not like, I don't know, it keeps getting called like it's a controversial bill, but it's not actually controversial. It's just a bad bill that a couple of people support and who knows why they actually support it. And um, meanwhile, the entire city of Baltimore is saying, hey, can you please like do us a solid and just say no thanks to these vultures? Um, and the fact that it's even been up for debate and it's even gotten to the point where tomorrow's the last day for a veto to happen is really, really wild. So, Yeah, it's kind of one of those, yeah. like, whenever they put choice at the end of a name, it's always <laughs> yeah. like, that's probably not going to be good for us. That's that's a smoke screen. Yeah, like, ooh, School, school choice. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. healthcare choice. I don't want a choice. I don't want a choice. I want, I want solid infrastructure that yeah. works and doesn't make me poor again. You know? And I'm looking, I'm actually looking at the website. We got our uh, city council president on here. Shannon Harden is on here. What? Uh, on the renter's choice website as oh, people shit. who are cool with it. Um, Andy Ginther's oh my there God. too, Mayor yeah, of Columbus. No, they, list, um, they have a list somewhere on there that's like different, um, aside from like areas where they've passed legislation or gotten executive orders or something like that, like they have a section where it's just different cities that have had different people, um, different people saying, um, like just saying supportive things. And something that did really occur to me during this, whole process is like wow people there are like it because of all of the like misleading messaging coming from rhino um it was hard to dig through all that because when we first started rhino rhino really was coming into cities just like a flashbang and like heading heading the hell out and we only really had um I believe Andrew's Alexander Williamson's article in Shelter Force about this kind of legislation when we started off because they'd come in so fast, journalists wouldn't really have time um, to make a story happen. 
too much. And like, the, so the only stories that really got out there were really just copied directly from Rhino. Right. And it sounds, and I also, mean, but, and part of you is like, yeah, it does fuck people. The security deposit thing does fuck people. It does really suck. But we could also right. get around that by like outlawing security deposits or putting caps on the amount <laughs> yeah. that a security deposit could be. Or making the landlord responsible. Like they, they are outsourcing all of the risk onto the renter. Thank and with you. these rhino contracts, uh, if you break something in the house, it's on you. But it's like you run a fucking business. If you let people come into your right. business... You, you're responsible for that. That's not my fucking problem. You pay for it and you, you deal with yeah. whatever I give you when I'm done. Like the, I, the, it's, in, it's, in, yeah. they're looking at us as a so, an no, extra source of income. Yeah. Like the brokest people, people that, that can't, they can't mm -hmm. uh, save up enough money to get a fucking mortgage. They're, they're trying to figure out how they can take advantage of them even more and call it caring. Exactly. In no other business model, Except landlording. Is anyone ever expected just not to take on the risk? Like you, you, you want a small business the stock market, you take on the risk. Yeah. yeah. Like the fact that he, yeah, like you're running a damn business. Um, I used to work in Baltimore city rent court and, um, I worked with like lawyers who represented tenants for free who were being brought there on alleged failure to pay rent. And landlords would be like, where's my lawyer? And I'd be like, I don't fucking know. You own a business and you don't have your own legal representation. What's wrong with you? You're irresponsible. <laughs> oh my like, God. Are you serious? Like, yeah. Like every time we were there and we were there five days a week. Where's like, my lawyer? <laughs> I'm a fucking, well, I get a guy, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It, it, and you're... it's like, actually, yeah, no, it's like, no, you don't get a guy. You know what? You get a ton of tax breaks that are, and budgets that are balanced on the backs of Poor people in my city leave me alone and like, money you get money I, for doing nothing you get money just comes yeah to you. yeah like but yeah like get a job i you know brett, like brett used, brett used to bring this up a lot me and brett very in the early days of street fight we would talk about how like uh loan officers and stuff shouldn't be able to come after us because if I come and sit in front of a loan officer, he should know he's not getting the money back. Like, he should have no expectation. He gave it to me. That's fucking his problem. You know what I mean? And that is really what a landlord or like a job, you know? You shouldn't get drug tested. Yeah. And oh, you shouldn't get drug oh, tested sorry. at your job. Because you get interviewed. The, the person that interviews you is going to sit down and talk to you. And if they think you're good, you're good. If not, they don't. But you shouldn't have to give them, then give them your piss in order for them to like search through it because that's like an overstep. And that's kind of what landlords have, landlords have gotten themselves to this place of like, look, if I sit down in front of you to rent an apartment and, you know, listen, I know they're not allowed to discriminate like legally, but we also know that they discriminate. Like, oh my we, God. we know yeah, they no, do the that. Stuff that. The stuff that I've heard, the, the things that I've heard landlords say about their tenants, like, you know, they would settle up to us and it would basically be like, oh, we're all professionals here. And then the things they would say would just be the most, 
the most racist, horrifying, but expected given their profession things. Yeah. And yeah. also, I mean, there were always a ton of landlords in there who we would find out from um, Spanish speaking clients. Um, those landlords would threaten to call ice on them. And this was during Trump's presidency Oof. and just absolutely unconscionable behavior by people who see themselves as providing housing. And it's like, no, you owned a building. I could own a building too, if I had generational wealth. And when it comes to, and also another thing, when it comes to the, um, when it comes to the situation with, uh, like, let's say rent escrow, right? Like if, if your landlord, um, if you have like, let's say like your roof is caving, your ceiling is caving in or something from like a leak upstairs, your landlord's supposed to fix it. And if your landlord doesn't fix it, they're supposed to give you your money back. And, or you can like take them to court and, um, put money in an escrow account and a judge will decide like how much money that you get back or how much money the landlord gets with, um, and a lot of people still don't know about the rent escrow process because people are busy. And also a lot of people don't, aren't even, you know, able to come to court. We have terrible transit issues here in the city, but when it does come to rent escrow, um, that's a defense you're allowed to raise in rent court. If you haven't been paying your rent, you can be like, Hey, no, I haven't been paying my rent, but it's because of all these horrible things. So I've been withholding it and you can be allowed to open up a defensive rent escrow account. But when it comes to um, when it comes to a contract with a company like Rhino, because it's not just Rhino, there are other companies like LeaseLock um, that do functionally the same thing. And if your landlord can file a complaint on you for damages, and if you are without ever going to court, and if you are locked into forced arbitration through signing that contract, you also can't ever. The, they also don't have any incentive to bring you to rent court. They can just collect on alleged unpaid rent through uh, Rhino. And because you don't get brought to court, you don't have the option of any kind of right to counsel laws. You don't have the option of raising a defensive rent escrow. And that, that a lot of people, including a lot of our elected officials, fought really hard for escrow protections and fought really hard for things like tenant right to counsel, which is a relatively recent thing. And our mayor was one of those people. Um, and this would really render tenants are already not on a level playing field with landlords um, everywhere, but especially in our city, because like that's the, that's the housing law I know. And um, this would render so many of those protections moot. And really set it up where landlords just had a landlords could basically treat a tenant's pocket as their own. And that is so wild to me in 2021 that venture capitalists thought they could bring something like that to a working class, majority black city like Baltimore as the pan, like during a pandemic when everyone is already at a loss and be accepted here. And it's even crazier to me that it's even a question whether it would be accepted here or not by our leadership. Yeah, it's certainly upsetting. Um, so what what can be done? I know this is like the last minute here. Well, so I do. I have a I have a link tree um, where I've compiled all of the coverage about this bill and a lot of different legal opinions that have been written about this bill. That and I'm going to put that in the chat. Um, I really hope that 
Well, I really hope there's a veto tomorrow. But why I'm really here is because I want to encourage folks who are in other cities to be on the lookout for companies like Rhino and to be ready for them and organize against them as soon as they show up. Uh-huh. Because they use the, they're not that smart. They use the same tactics over and over again. They're very obvious about it. And you, what I've learned from our campaign against them is that you need to stand against them. You need to be able to counter any misinformation they're giving to legislators early on. Uh-huh. And you need to be able to, um, to do whatever you can to get attention for it. Because the, once people hear about what this is, there's absolutely no question in their mind that this is a bad thing. Absolutely. I agree. I yeah. think that's, that's plain and plain and simple there. Yeah. We'll, we'll watch out for Thank it now that I've listen- seen that so many Columbus people are on here. Yeah. Thanks for the information. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually like at this town hall we had the other night, um, the mayor of Greenbelt, Maryland, which isn't that far from here, but it's like about an hour from here. Um, he showed up, to the town hall and he was like hey this needs to stop in baltimore because it's coming to my city next and that was a very cool thing for a mayor to do um and i wish our own mayor would do, would have accepted our invitation and done the same thing but yeah i definitely um definitely be on the lookout thank you for listening to me just absolutely bloviate for like the last half hour that was i great. really appreciate you having me on it was great thank you for calling in very informative <laughs> thank you guys so much love your show Oh, thank you. You're, uh, thanks for thanks for helping us out here. We appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. And we love Baltimore. For- we love Baltimore. We're oh, going to go back. Yay. We love Ohio. We've got a lot of Ohio transplants here. So mm. <laughs> thank you for <laughs> having so many of my friends on. Um, oh, hey. We, really, we uh, love having Baltimore. Yeah. We love Baltimore. It's a great place. We we performed there a couple times. Once. Once. But we'll be back. Oh, well. Yeah, you better be back. <laughs> we will. We will. We promise. Thanks, thanks for cool. calling. Have a good night, y'all. You too. Bye. Peace. Take one more. Okay. Is that person? I don't think so. That I gave you the number for in there? No. Yep. My messages. Yeah, we're good. Um. Yeah. So yeah, we've had Darna Nor, Colette Shade, and Brandon Soderberg, all Baltimore legends. That's going to be a really fucking good show. Or somebody else. From Baltimore, that we Baltimore, Baltimore. I don't remember who. I I'll, I'll think about it because there is a, another Baltimore person that we have on here sometimes. But uh, let's take this next call before break. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, this is Hal. Hal Doughty. Um. See, yeah. I I thought of What's this. Up, I I thought of Brett? this. How? Yep. I thought of this. He's Hal Doughty. From the Your Kickstarter Sucks podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. He makes all the music for all the podcasts. And me and Brad. Uh, yeah, I'm the first I'm the first thing you hear on Your Kickstarter Sucks lately. So I'm, I'm sort of the star. You're Jingle Guy, man. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. We, I, I wanted you got earworms. To, I wanted to hear you because I wanted, I wanted you to call because I listened to your podcast, Fast Track. And it's fucking incredible. And I think our listeners would absolutely love this show. And, you know. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. It's great. There's no bullshit in it. For for one thing. It's yeah. like, right now me and Brett yeah. are doing three hours of bullshit. That's really what we do here. <laughs> but you, 
No bullshit at all. Go ahead. Yeah, and I understand that that's like uh, that's like what that's what people traffic in most mostly nowadays. And I, no no judgment on that, but I but I just want to offer I want to offer a show where we just we really get down to business and we do something very specific and we don't you know we don't riff we don't uh, we don't we, we don't really like check in on each other or spend a whole lot of time. I like to I like to do a crisp bio at the top and then get right down to business. That's the goal on Fast Track. It also kind of helps the theme of the show. You know, it's a timed exercise of writing a song in a half hour. So we're, uh, you know, we're, it's, it's good to, it's good to have kind of an efficient format for doing something like that. Yeah. Flex that muscle. So it's interesting because it is like usually about a 55 minute show. And when I listen, <laughs> here's the thing, here's the thing. Yeah. When I listened to it, I was like, Anytime somebody does less than an hour for a podcast, I'm like jealous of them. I'm like, oh, so yeah. you can just do less than an hour and everybody else has to do an hour. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, what I do know about your show is, is that like you don't have like a secret workaround. You actually end up having to make a whole song after it. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I do, yeah, I do have to produce the song uh, immediately. There's a lot of post, there's a lot of post production that goes into it. But other than that, other than that, the, uh, this is the thing I've this is the thing I've made. You know, I've, I've done a lot of podcasts. I've done a lot of like um, I've made a lot of music for podcasts. Obviously, this is the thing I've done that I sort of have to edit the le- the least. And I've made a lot of music also, which is very complicated. But like the show itself. It's very easy in that I talk to somebody for 45 or 50 minutes, as you say. And then because of the nature of the show, there's really no editing that goes into it after that. And that I, that I really like, um, which I know is how I think that's how a lot of people like I don't think YKS does a lot of like editing in the middle of their podcast or anything like that. I don't um, think, but they're I, like I mean, two, two of the funniest guys around, so they don't have to, you know. I don't think any of us, I I don't think any of the podcasters (laughs) that I know personally, I don't think any of them do a ton of editing. I think maybe Struggle Session edits a little bit because I can hear cuts. But like, uh, I mean, if if you want to edit, I'm totally cool with it. But like uh, me and Brett designed this thing for (laughs) the easiest possible way to get it out there, you know? Yeah, well, I th- and I think if you got the personality for it, it's uh, it's it's uh, uh, people people don't mind at all, like uh, you know, having leaving like a few awkward moments in an episode or something like that. I just I've done a lot of I've, like I think I I think most of the stuff I've made is more a presentation than just like a conversational podcast. But but yeah, yeah. and a lot of it a lot of it just has just been music as well, which you have to you have to. Uh, edit the crap out of to make it sound good. <laughs> it gets ass though. I mean, really, the the stuff you make for the other podcasts, I, I I think that stuff really kicks ass. Like you, I I think of you now Thank as you. the as like one of those big voice guys. Do you know, like from radio, where they would like have a they there would be these guys that would be able to go around the country and like be like, hey, it's a I'm the Wolfman or whatever the guy's name is. Like I kind of think <laughs> okay, of you. I know, I know if you're talking about the Wolfman, yeah, I know that. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, of you as like that. I I think of you as the 
music guy for for like a lot of the podcasts. Like your 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 footprint is in like a decent amount of shows, and that's that's like super cool. It's it, yeah, it's been very cool for me. I love the um, I love the YKS guys. I love the Block Party guys. And fortunately, I've been able to make a lot of themes and stuff for them. Some of them. I, I think I said this on the uh, on the JF episode of Fast Track, but some some of them have just been me volunteering something that just popped into my head, and some of them have been uh, you know requests or commissions from Mike or, or JF. Um, but yeah, it's a it's, no, it's been very. Uh, it, it's also I think the show, the podcast itself, is is, is possibly I don't know di- directly inspired by by that by a lot of the themes that I was doing because I I guess I kind of the doing the themes has kind of taken me out of um out of like uh I've had to be very flexible about what styles I work I I'm what style of music I'm making and I have to be able to like uh sound like a bunch of different things which wasn't necessarily my goal before I started doing podcast themes. And so that like playing around in a lot of different like genres and styles and stuff, I think that definitely like helped prepare me for this show where sometimes the type of song or the genre of song is chosen completely at random by like spinning a wheel or something like that. Wait, when Cullen made you, when John Cullen made you do a butt rock song, I was like so fucking yeah. into that. Because, first of all, when you had John Cullen on and he picked a butt rock song, I was kind of happy because I thought he was going to yeah. uh, pick a new metal song. And uh, obviously, someday I would like to be a guest and do a new metal song because that's been my dream my whole life. Sure. But also, oh, have I'd you made? Have, I'd love to have you on, Brian. Have you made much metal? Like. Have you have you done a lot of that stuff? Because I, I I you're I know I talk we talked to you about Marilyn Manson and I I think other you know yeah, this yeah. was pre cancellation that you 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 thought it was kind of cool. Have you have you made much metal or or been into it? No, I have I have some demos. There's a metal band here in Louisville where I live that uh, right before the pandemic. I had a plan to do a metal album with this metal. I was working on these metal songs and some of those are, some of those are nearly finished. Some of them are, some of them have been kind of put on hold as we weren't really able to work on it. Um, but I, but I, I like metal a lot and I've always kind of wanted to play around with it, but I've never been a metal, like I've never been a metal performer. I've never been in a proper metal band or, or done anything like that. I mean, um, but I would love, I would love to, and I would love to make, I would love to make a new metal song with you. That would be so much fun <laughs> for me, for me. Like whenever I look at performers on stage now, maybe this is just like, like my prejudice for, for what I prefer to see on stage. But as far as like, what seems like the most fun up there is like, to me, it's like metal or punk or, like those are the two fun things. Those seem so fun. The other stuff always like, you know, if, if you're doing folksy or country stuff like that, that stuff makes me would make me nervous. You know, like that that is a little more serious. When when you do metal, it seems like the most fun on stage to me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you mean in the in the sense that like 
you, you can mess around, you can be sloppier and it's not, maybe not as noticeable. Or do you mean in the sense that it's like really intense? It's intense and you get to scream and, and run around up okay, there yeah, and yeah. kick shit and just act crazy. I, I always think like whenever I see a person on like an acoustic guitar, like sitting on a stool, which I've seen a lot of stuff like that, that I really like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I always just think like that actually looks stressful to me. That, <laughs> that, what that looks a little more. It's it's kind of like the way I think about stand-up comedy. Like I I didn't love doing stand-up comedy, but I love performing what me and Brett do on stage, which is close but not sure. quite that because there's another guy up there and I'm actually having fun, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the 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 ability to have fun on stage is a very um it could be a real I've I've done a lot of uh, I've, I've performed a lot on stage in a lot of different types of groups. I've done everything from the like really, really loud music. I've done, I've done like loud, funny music where I can really have fun on stage. And I've done soft, very serious music where I'm, uh, you know, not, not allowed to crack a smile, you know, in my own mind yeah. or whatever. But like, uh, it, yeah, it is, it's, um, it, it can be stressful, but I've always, I, I guess I've always, um, uh, I've always had a good time with it, even even in instances where I like maybe the the vibe of the show was not super fun, you know that kind of yeah. thing. Well, um, I've always enjoyed I've always enjoyed doing it. I want to ask you one more thing. Um, okay. Be- before, so you were on. Oh, fuck, am I going to get this wrong? I don't know if it was on Blocked Party or on your show or on. I don't remember what it was on, but you said that you have a lot of like families that play your music for their kids. Is that like, Oh a, yeah, yeah. Is that pretty cool? I mean, like I, that to me is like, that's where you want to be. I know you don't necessarily want to be an artist for kids, but that seems like where you really want to be. It's like, yeah, those guys get to go yeah, forever. I- yeah, so when I started, so Hal Dotty, the as a like stage name, as a as a as an entity. Oh, my dog just decided it wants to play really. Uh, he wants to play really hard with some loud squeaky toys. So you'll probably hear that. <laughs> That's uh, fine. <laughs> throwing a toy around by himself. Go nuts for right it. Now. So, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's Danny. Danny, I'm on the I'm on street fight. I'm on street fight right now. Yeah, Danny, calm you know, down. You, you know, I'm yelling at Danny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that when I started doing the, um, it was, I mean, I, I, the start of Hal Dottie was I just had an idea for a funny song and I just, I just recorded it really quick, shot a silly video for it in my backyard one night, put it out the next week. And it was the most anyone had ever responded positively to a song I'd ever done. And I'd been making music for years and years and years, all through high school and college and, uh, and since, since being home, I'd been in bands and been a songwriter and I did just, um, and, and it was really fun for me and really fun and rewarding. And some of these songs came to me very easily. I found that I really enjoyed writing absurd songs, not like, not out and out goofy novelty music, but more like just like absurd spoken word type of songs. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't really gravitate towards, like, 
I didn't really gravitate towards angry or super cynical or crude or uh, like stuff with cuss words in it, just because it seemed more magical to me if this absurd guy was kind of like a wasn't angry and was kind of like and what also wasn't horny, I guess, is, I guess is the easiest way to say it. Like it was more sort of a silly, absurd thing. And I ended up writing all these like poems about things like in a song, I'm a ghost. There's a song where uh, I'm just talking about how years ago, it's a bunch of like times they take a, a, a deep, weird turn, um, just kind of uh, absurd poetry. I have a song about getting in a fight in a hot air balloon. And I think because they're not, they're generally like radio playable. I think because they're generally very like, uh, uh, like they're, they're not, they don't have cuss words and sex and stuff in them. I think people started playing them for their kids. And then I started getting all these videos of like, um, people, I family friends or friends of my, uh, of, of distant relatives or people that I sort of know, would send me videos of their kids in their like car seats in the back of the car, like singing my song. And, uh, and that is very, that is very strange because I never set out to make specifically children's music. And it is like kind of a weird, it, it's a compliment that kind of cuts both ways where it's like the thing you're doing works really well for kids, which maybe, maybe you want, or maybe you don't. Um, but it also makes, it kind of makes you feel if you're like me and you have like a, you know, you, you want to be on some level, you want to be like taken seriously. It also like makes you wonder, uh, it, it, is what I'm doing, uh, too, um, is, is what I'm doing too family friendly is yeah. what, is what I'm doing too, too light and simple. You know, I, I guess that would be the, the question, but the answer is. No, it's great. I love it. It's, 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 it's awesome. But, uh, but I do like, uh, um, it is a yeah. funny thing to me to have your song sung by, by kids. I don't have kids. I don't spend a lot of time with kids. I'm not, I'm not like trying to gear these towards kids or anything. So it's very funny to have that happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's like, um, there's this song. Um, I think I can't remember the guy's name. Um, there's a song that we love. It's a Christmas song. Um, it's about Icelandic trolls and it's actually like, oh, yeah? it's, it's historically accurate and it's about how like in Iceland, that like during Christmas, there's a troll that will come to your house and will like gobble up all your yogurt. And there's one that yeah. will like steal your shoes and there's one that'll slam your doors and, and all of these. And we, we love it. And, um, you know, I am a big lover of music and very passionate about music. Um, but kid in and I think that it is important to go to every single place within music and uh, going absurd or going silly uh, is fun. It's joyful. And uh, I think it's, you know, kids, oh, are yeah, a, yeah. kids are a good barometer um, of, of things that are good because they also like the pussy popping music too, for sure. They're very into that too. So <laughs> it's not just like kids these days aren't just into like whimsical, you know, uh, whimsical like bright shiny things because they're morons you know <laughs> that is that's, true that's true i i guess the uh i guess instead of like worrying about it at all like like taking it as a as a sign that i'm that that maybe i should be more like maybe i should be more metal you know like that would be the that that, that would be the concern about it but maybe uh like 
maybe I should just think of it as, well, these, these are the kids that are going to be listening to the next hottest thing that there is. And they, they happen to like my music. So that is, yeah, that's a huge compliment when you think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's Hal Dottie, H-O-W-E-L-L. Uh, D-A-W-D-Y. Did I get that right? I was just yep. on your page. Oh, you and, nailed it. And the podcast is Fast Track. And uh, yeah, hopefully, we, fast track. hopefully we get to hang out soon, man. We, we, we'll probably come down to Louisville at some point. And uh, thank, oh, yeah, you, yeah. thank you for calling, dude. It's good to hear from you. Sure thing, man. Have a good All night. Right, y'all have a good show. Yeah, appreciate it. Breaky, Yeah, we should put some of his music on the, the break we at some have. point. We should have. But we, we can maybe next week. Yeah, we'll fit it in there. I got a pee. Um, this week, let's see, we got a message. says, sorry if I'm submitting in the wrong place. Don't apologize. Uh, I wanted to submit my little brother's music to play on Street Fight. He's a rapper slash producer from Dallas. Love the, love the D. Uh, so... This week on Street Fight, we have Blake Chris. You can find him at soundcloud.com slash Blake Chris. C-R-I-S is the way you spell that. Or Linktree slash Blake Chris for all of his links, uh, including Spotify, SoundCloud, and the other stuff. Uh, this is great. I love this music already. I, I did listen to it earlier today. So enjoy. We're Street Fight. We'll be back in like 10 minutes. Yeah, they want a trophy for participation. Honestly, I don't get it. I'm running out of patience, shit. Well, fuck it, let's get it. Uh, yeah. I carry the weight from the legs. legs. Bitch, I can sleep when I'm dead. Hey. Or at least after the sesh. Uh. Try not to hold on to regrets. Yeah. Easy to see, we don't mesh. Like a hardwood classic. Look at that, got it all off rapping. Fall back, y'all follow the fashion. These trendy ass just did it for a Bentley ass. Acting like hoes need to cop the new Fenty ass. Selling styles need to give it back. I was kicking back, thinking, how can I get me some and then build on that? When you was acting like somebody you not, trying to get your next shit up in Cinemax. You ain't old dog, you just so called. Tell the truth, we not feeling that. Tell the truth, we not feeling that. Tell the truth, we not feeling that. I'm just getting started, I'm just feeling back. I've been making plays, I can still relapse. You look comfortable when you kicking back. Get so much to do, how you still relax? Yeah, play it for your mama now. They all sound the same like a homonym. You could probably find like five of them. Let me know if it's a problem there. Let me know if it's a problem. Let me know if it's a problem there. Yeah. Play it for your mama now. They all sound the same like a homonym. You could probably find like five of them. Let me know if it's a problem there. Let me know if it's a problem. Let me know if it's a problem there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out here all day with it. Got them deals going. Got them deals. What you need? What you need? Let a nigga know. It done took a little while just to get here Gotta move around, I can't sit here Niggas ain't been a minute like 10 years Square niggas can't hang around, don't fit here A fading waves, Cartier is so sincere Every day new, but I act like I've been here How you gon' win when you know you got big fears? Yeah I'm already in the end zone, put hoes in the friend zone Had them all hooked from the intro to see the world really the inspo The homie crib really a sicko, come fill up if you get low Shit, I need a lot, let's get more This nigga still hitting switches like a 6-4 Just a dog, don't blame me, R.I.P. the big mo Looking through the scope, listen, this the big scope Get laid on the canvas, this the big show Tell a friend where they can get more Supply and demand, to make you a fiend was all in the plans Yeah, play it for your mama now They all sound the same like a homonym you could probably find like five of them. Let me know if it's a problem there. Let me know if it's a problem. Let me know if it's a problem there. Yeah. Play it for your mama now. 
They all sound the same like a homino You could probably find like five of them Let me know if it's a problem there Let me know if it's a problem there Let me know if it's a problem there Something y'all can dance to Something you to hold hands to Doing all that I can do Pull up on you, I plan to Never changed, I'm staying true This the shit that you lay up to Certified, I'm hater proof Cause the scene when I came through Heard you fucking with lames, boo Old game, but this chain new New money gon' change Views at top floor, that's an amazing view Busy man, I got things to do Cupid's pistol, I aim for you Might not quit the game for you But you hit me up and I'm swinging through Yeah, baby, I see you With your nose up like a diva And your dark shades like a leaf I would never mistreat you Money's first priority We can thumb through it, that's easy All I'm asking is loyalty Be good to me, don't tease me I'm always here when you need me I'm riding out when you see me Just know you always invited No need to RSVP All you do is send a text I'm coming that way soon I see the blue message I'm on the way from the stool Just let me know
Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. Hope you enjoyed the song. That was Blake Chris, B-L-A-K-E-C-R-I-S. Go to soundcloud.com slash Chris or go to linktree slash Chris for all the links. Hope you liked it as much as I did. And thanks for sending that in. If you have music you play, you want to hear it on the show, we're about two months booked up right now, but we'll eventually get to you. Send us an email, send us a DM or a message, and we'll get your music on the show. Thanks for sending that in. Yeah. Thanks for all the people who send us their music. It's very nice. Okay. Next cow. Next cow. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, Street Fight. It's Jonathan. What's up, Jonathan? How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I I I feel really I I feel really really amped because you, you had a celebrity on. Sarah Which, Squirm. Yes, yeah, Sarah Squirm's great. And how I, I, I saw that video. I, I saw that video like last weekend, and I really like like gore videos. And so if anybody out there likes gore, then definitely, definitely watch the, the vaccine video. Hot tip. I thought you were going to say, I thought you said you like gore videos. And then I was like, so what, you're into ogreish? Because I was thinking about Ogrish the other day. Do you remember Ogrish? Nope. You don't? That's where people used to watch the beheading videos and shit. Back in the day. It was like a very popular gross site. I don't even know if it still exists. I don't want to go to it because it's uh, gross. Um, So what's going on tonight? Well, uh, I was was thinking of calling in and talking to you about my experiences uh doing like uh bds stuff like way back in the day oh i thought you were saying i thought this is a heat o'brien heat o'brien like really popped up there when you said bds because uh, oh. <laughs> i was like oh i know no, what I, that is <laughs> no bo- boycott divestment sanctions yeah because what 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 brett said earlier after the start of the show what Brett said was very astute in that people like the attitudes are really different nowadays than they were in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even when we first started doing this, it was kind of a little, you know, it it was, it wasn't as, as kind of, I am seeing a very, very much a difference. I mean, when it comes to like mainstream culture, like celebrities and shit like that, it's that one's kind of like, I don't know. They just seem very afraid to, to stand up. And, and I don't know what that's about other than, you know, I was listening to somebody talk about this, but those people have to get hired to do things. And like, if they're controversial, somebody can just say like, well, I'm not going to hire you. And like, uh, that's where, you know, people like us have maybe an advantage in that. Like, we don't have to get hired for anything. Yeah, well, n- no, I'll I'll tell you my experience with this, and this is this is way back in the day. This is back in like 2005. So this is this is back when like you know the wars had just first started, and and kind of nobody nobody was doing this except for uh, a handful of people, and I had become involved in it kind of ch- tangentially. 
because the the student org that I was a leader of, some of its some of its members came forward and wanted us to pass a, a BDS resolution involving the university. Mm-hmm. Those typically go well, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a huge shit show, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell you why. So, so, so the the deal was is that. Uh, at the, at the time, Israel was demolishing homes in Palestinian neighborhoods using, uh, using armored military grade bulldozers. Wow. And if you, if you, if you recall, there was a woman, there was, yeah, made by Caterpillar. Yep. I remember hearing about that. If you recall back then, there was a woman who was killed by one of these bulldozers named Rachel Corey. I do remember that. And so, and so Caterpillar, they're based out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And because Oshkosh was so close to the university where I was at, I mean, the university and Caterpillar, they were, they were like this, you know, they were tight. Oh. They'd always be, you know, you know, Caterpillar gives the university money. The money invests in Caterpillar. Caterpillar recruits students out of the university. Right. And so they're right. There are a bunch of, you know, students, including, you know, Palestinian students who are upset with the situation. So we started a BDS campaign. There was a BDS campaign running at the university. And I got I got pulled into it partially because I, I just agreed with it. Right. Which made sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, when you learn about it, it is. I don't know how people kind of learn about this without, you know, f- you know, their heart going out to the uh, the Palestinians in this situation. Like, it's very hard for me to understand how somebody can see what's happening and hear what's happening and not try not, you know, feel like they're on that side. I mean, I guess I understand because it's hard to get like unbiased news about this, but like, uh, uh, the information is out there. And I really think that like the information being out there because of the internet is how it happened. You know what I mean? Like how public opinion is changing is we're seeing it happen and we're seeing, uh, like the IDF posting that thing about like we're gonna blow up this building, but we're not doing it to kill people. We're doing it to instill terror. Is like, I mean, right? How do you, how do you even like, defend that? You know, you're not supposed to do that. That's not something you do. Absolutely. And so this is so this is the fucked up part. Is that you know we called a meeting where it's like okay we're gonna put together a resolution and have a meeting in our organization and we'll try and like pass this thing. And the thing that happened was that somebody snuck into our meeting posing as a student who had actually driven up from the Israeli embassy in Chicago. Whoa. Way back in the day, they were definitely keeping an eye on these things. Even like, even like this little tiny thing that we were doing just on our campus. They were keeping tabs on all these things. That is, I mean, I, I, it does seem like, it does seem like they're, they have their ducks in a row when it comes to like lobbying and knowing what's going on. Oh yeah. Yeah. It does seem like that. And like you said, they're effective. 
Yeah, like like you said, there wasn't even an internet really back then. I mean, there was, but it didn't do the same thing. Like Facebook didn't exist back then. I think it was like probably only for students back then, right? Uh, I don't remember. But yeah, when, I when was, was it? Like, yeah, I know I didn't have Facebook ever until they it opened wasn't it. The same at all. I didn't. I didn't have Facebook the until they all. opened it for uh, uh, weird guys like me. You know, like when they were yeah. like, "Oh no, your grandma can get on there." I was like, "Oh, I'll get on there then." You know, I want to see my grandma. No, she's gonna post some racist. No, stuff. but there was or- there was orchestrated resistance to all of this. I-, I was getting emails from the rabbi of the local Hillel. He was sending me emails about this. And I mean, you know, he's a nice guy, the rabbi, but he was like, "These Palestinian students you're talking to, they're liars." They're just trying to use you to push their politics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I got to tell you, it freaked me out. I bet. Yeah, I mean, that you're, you're a like kid. Real, like grown-ups. <laughs> like, yeah. like grown-up outside campus shit. I'm kind of like, what the, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an intimidation. And like, this was, this was also back during the war, when it's like, even if you were just merely anti-war, people still looked at you like you were a terrorist. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is like <laughs> even in those days when like you couldn't be against a war even. Right. I mean, they didn't think you were a terrorist, but you I don't know wanted the terrorists to win or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. So what ended up happening in the end there? Did did they did you get the BDS thing passed or or like what happened? Well, there wasn't much of an end to it. What, what had happened is that there was just so much opposition organized by the opponents, no doubt with goading from, you know, <laughs> the state of Israel, that yeah. kind of like, you know, all mention of Israel was removed from the resolution, so it kind of didn't mean anything anymore. It was just argued to death. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what, yeah, that's... Um... They win that way. They re- they have a they have so much no, disinformation on their side too. I mean, there's even an, it's not it's not acceptable for for Democrats. You know, um, I saw like Cori Bush. I think someone going after her for being pro Palestine. AFC's getting it right no. now. <laughs> but but yeah, <clears throat> Sorry. but but yeah, it's really it's really heartening to see what's going on today. Where, you know, there's a, just a lot of people out there who are just not afraid to be like, you know what, I, I'm, I'm on the side of the Palestinians on this one. Yeah. I feel like, you know, we, we couldn't do much of anything back in the day. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see that, like, it hasn't, it hasn't died. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for calling in. That, that is, uh, that really, oh, sure. uh, that's interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I encourage people to, to kind of spend a little time, you know, kind of looking at this stuff and deciding uh, and, and, you know, whose side you want to be on. Yeah, absolutely. And also, uh, and, and also if Sarah, Sarah Squirm is still listening, could you please make some more videos? Yeah, oh, yeah. we hope. She will. Hey, you know, we should have got Sarah to make something for our TV show, but maybe we can still do that. But uh, 
Well, thanks for calling in. Yeah, and and we'll let Sarah know if she doesn't hear it, but she listens, so she'll probably <laughs> hear it. Uh, later, fellas. Have Peace. a good night. Have a good night. Did you like the way I said that, Brett? That was kind of polite. Yeah, that was nice great way of saying things. You very know? comfort comforting. Yeah, yeah. Have a good night. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, hey, it's me. It is. It is. This is uh, Jack from AC. What's up? What's up, Jack? How's it going? Oh, I am just enjoying the great show you guys have tonight. Um, I feel like I don't really have too much, like, nothing important to talk about like everyone else, though. Like, you don't have to have anything important to talk about. We're just here to talk. Let's get something yeah, I know, it's pretty tight, but still, it's just like, man, I just got, like, some more grocery store shit, for real, if you want to hear about it, anything, really. Sure, go for it. I just got, got so much shit from there. Um, uh, one thing in particular, uh, if you don't have, like, a certain question you wanted to ask, but um, when the pandemic, like, first hit, uh, maybe, like, three weeks in, uh, the entire store got like Chick Fil A sandwiches. Uh, one day. Okay. And that was all we ever got for our like contribution as being frontline workers or whatever the fuck. Um, hero, we never got hero, hero pay. pay. Um, yeah, no hazard pay. Uh, just Chick Fil A sandwiches. If for hero pay. You get the homophobic chicken sandwich. That is what we're getting. Exactly. Yeah. Lucky. Like, hey, it's been a crazy three weeks. Everybody's glued to the TV, watching all the cases spike, thinking, talking about second waves of death. Uh, we've got people in full hazmat suits spraying down the handles of all the carts. You deserve a chicken sandwich on us, my friend. <laughs> I love that. They didn't even get a surprise or anything. No, you yeah. fucking assholes. Wow. Back when I worked at the cable company, they did this cookout one day, and they were like, uh, it's going to be great. You guys, come back. We're going to have this cookout. So I was a little late getting back because I was stuck on a job. I got back, and there were no hamburgers left, and they were like, uh, yeah, hold on. Don't get bummed. And then they left, and they came back like 10 minutes later. With like 25 Wendy's hamburgers. Not even cheeseburgers. Oh, not even singles. God. It was just the hamburgers with with ketchup and mustard on them. And just threw them down in front of us. And I was just like, nope, not going to eat those. Yeah, that is um, not a cookout. Doesn't count. Doesn't meet the cookout definition. Yeah. When, when you... Well, maybe if a, they just like took the patties off and threw them back on the grill. That might have worked. Yeah, they should have done that. When you work at a fast food place, you are you if you've ever worked at a fast food burger place, right? You would be like you don't even know that they sell hamburgers unless you work at one. Right. Because you're just like, no, why would somebody get a hamburger? Like who is getting hamburgers? It's cheeseburgers. We all get cheeseburgers. Until I worked at McDonald's, I didn't know that the hamburgers had a separate wrapper from the cheeseburgers, dude. The the cheeseburgers had yellow wrappers. You yep. know the famous yellow cheeseburger wrapper yep. from McDonald's? Hamburgers is white and brown. Yeah. I'll bet you've never even fucking seen one of those. 
happened in your life. Oh, I have. It was a rare occurrence. Yeah. But I do remember everyone I saw. They were like 59 cents. And this <laughs> motherfucker goes to, to Wendy's and fucking put them on a big plate, too. He put them on a plate and unwrapped them. So they were all kind of just stacked there. And it was just like... Oh, he wait, they took him out of the wrapper, too? Yeah, they took him out of the wrapper and put him on, like, a tray. <laughs> and then sat him next to all the rest <laughs> of the potluck stuff. In front of everybody? No, we were kind of all sitting outside, like, smoking and hanging out and waiting to yeah, find out what was going to fucking happen. Playing volleyball, playing croquet. No, there was none of that. Basically, yeah, they, a They cable- brought you some Wendy's hamburgers on a silver platter. Yes, and a cable <laughs> You company- got hamburgered. Uh, yes, I did get hamburgered. A cable company party is this. They put a grill outside. They buy pre-made JTM. I don't know what brand they're called now. When I was a kid, it was JTM. Always like a local baseball player on the uh, uh, <laughs> box of the hamburgers. And they just, you just, you know, throw them on there. And they're made out of like 87% pink slime. But uh, you would get those, and then they would put a not a whole piece of American. They never got the whole big American. They got the small rectangular American and threw it on there. And it was like, man, you're not even, like, trying. And then the only other thing you got for it is they would do a raffle, and you would, like, win the raffle. I remember I got so excited I won the raffle. And then I I was like, oh, fuck, you know, because they would get – all kinds of shit in. They would get concert tickets. They would get, you know, maybe, I thought maybe money, maybe a TV, maybe something like that. And when I went to pick up my prize, it was a fucking t-shirt from a boxing match that happened two years before. (laughs) They sent us, like, the merch that the pay-per-view company sent us. (laughs) And it was just, like, it was pathetic, dude. It was, those picnics were the shit yeah so you know they probably just had like a box of those in a warehouse somewhere they did they had all kinds of shit that you wouldn't like you would just be like i that they would have like t-shirts for the lingerie bowl and it'd be like does anybody want these t-shirts and it's like who's gonna wear a laundry but guys would take them they loved them you know oh yeah hey it's the lingerie bowl you know or a t-shirt with, like, the logo of the Spice Network on it. <laughs> Brett would wear that now. There you go, yeah. Just virtual yeah, signaling his yeah, uh, When I was working, I saw um, someone come in, and he had a uh, a shirt that had a, the Pornhub logo on it, and he had, like, socks and a hat to match. <laughs> wow. That guy shouldn't do that. Somebody should talk to that guy. Like, set him down. You know, uh-huh. he was with someone too, though. It's not like he was just shopping alone. He was with his buddy or whatever. Well, I wonder yeah. if maybe they were. Hopefully, they look. I'm just gonna say this. I hope they were dating. You know, I hope it was a couple because guy with Pornhub socks is not something like you want to be. But he matched and matched. He matched. He matched it though. Yeah, he should have got pants. Dude, I'm sure they got Pornhub all over print pants. Pornhub pants sound expensive, though. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you probably on Wish.com. I'm looking up Pornhub pants now. Oh, uh, gosh. Here we go. Oh, Be careful. Shopping. Come on. They have... Oh, yeah, they do. They have be a part whole... part of Pet O'Brien. 
They have a whole Pornhub sweatsuit. They have it in white, black, and uh, yellow. You can get the whole goddamn suit. So yeah. there is that. For how much? $11.86 on wish.com if you're looking to be the Pornhub guy at the, at the uh, grocery store. Um, and you, uh, let me remember, you worked in uh, produce. I did work in produce, yeah. And that worked out well. I hated produce, so, you know. Uh, I, well, it worked for two years, you know. And What made you quit? I never tried to get a... Uh, uh, it was just uh, an impulse decision, really. I stopped going in one day, um, and then the next day I was like, you know, if I go in, they're just going to fire me. So I just <laughs> quit going in. Smart. I like that. I I like your your you make a decision and then your anxiety makes you fully make the decision because like Yeah. Have you ever Well yeah, I, it was like the, the morning I didn't go in. It was like 8:30, so I don't know, maybe like an hour after I was supposed to be there. I was like I probably could go in and get like a stern talking to. And I don't know if that's even like worth it. So I'm just going to lay this out and see if they call me. And they never did. And yeah. I'll ask, I want to ask you and Brett this. I, I, I have a question and maybe even the last few callers can answer this or people in the chat can answer this. I'm, I'm curious about this. Did you guys ever call off work? You call off and then like two hours later think like, Maybe I'll just go in and then go in. You ever do that? I did it once is why I'm asking. I don't know if that's abnormal or not. I feel like I have had change, plans change in the afternoon and I really needed to hang on to four hours. So I went in and did a half day. <laughs> what do you say when you go in for the half day? Like, oh, I decided I'm not sick anymore or I was just fucking around earlier. <laughs> Well, I guess it would be it would be more for things that were planned, not for just like I called in sick and then I'm like, I actually feel okay. I've never yeah. done that. I've never heard. I, I did it once when I worked at the cable company because I had this thing beat into me when I was a kid. Uh, when I my parents rule was if you don't go to school, you can't go outside with your friends or anything. Right. You like were not allowed. Mm -hmm. You were basically grounded if you didn't go to school. So, like, sometimes I would be so tired in the morning, and I'd be like, it's a hooky day. I'm just going to tell my parents I'm sick. And then, like, two hours after that, I'd be like, I should have fucking gone to school. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, I think I did that a few times in my jobs just because it was like I felt that pressure to go in. But uh, not often. Not often. Um, yeah, they usually like having someone extra to boss around. Yeah. You ever call it? Did you ever get in trouble for calling in? Uh, I got talked to by a assistant manager um, because I had apparently called in too many times, um, even though my, you know, my, my, my main manager never told me anything about it. Um, so I think the assistant manager was maybe just like having a bad day or some shit, but yeah, that's all that ever happened really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. We, we got a few more yeah, calls. Of course, to get have a good night. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the call log is booked right now. So uh, yeah, get them in. It's Have a good crazy. one. Maybe.
Crazy babies. Thanks for going Street Fighter. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, hello. This is Sexy Joe from New Mexico. Sexy Joe from New Mexico? What's going on? I like your name. I'm cooking dinner. Hold on. Let me turn. Thanks. Let me turn off my uh, oven fan here. Sexy Joe, meet Murder Brian and the horny divorcee Brett Payne. Or Hedo Brian. I said Murder Brian. So that's me. You know, go I also paint. go by. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm uh, cross talking you guys. No, you're good. What, what were you going to say? Oh, I also go by Rubber Fingers on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Oh, okay. okay. That sounds horny, too, though. Rubber Fingers. Well, what's going on tonight? It's, it, well, um, feel free to uh, switch topics on me if this will blow up your spot or anything. Um, I hear a lot of these left YouTube uh, and, you know, Twitch shows talking about demonetization. So, again, if this... Uh, blows up your uh, your interests here on YouTube, and then uh, go ahead and cancel me. But um, cancel the subject of a. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, we're not worried uh, about that. <laughs> yeah, good. Thanks. Well, appreciate it. Um, the subject of a union for YouTubers um has been thrown around. You know, people talking about uh, YouTube getting rid of content if it's you know, deemed controversial or what have you. Uh, and a guy has already laid the groundwork. Um, I, I've been following this channel for a while, the Slingshot channel on YouTube. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. Sure. He's, a, he's a pretty big channel. He's got like 2 million subscribers. I'm sorry? Oh, no, I said I'm not sure of it. I would have to see it, but he's got 2 million followers? Something like that. Uh, it's it's a pretty big channel, and he makes like slingshots and crossbows and launchers of different things. Uh, he's a German guy named Jörg Sprav. I see him. Um, Handsome man. Yeah, yeah. It's a he's just got this funny voice, and he's he's a charismatic dude that makes cool weapons and stuff. But um, YouTube was always demonetizing him because they said it was you know weapons or what have you. But um, so, in other words, uh, anyways, he went and made a uh, a union, and it's uh, it's already gotten big. It's already been backed by the um, the uh, what is it? The Industrial Labor Union of Europe, or something like that. Like the largest labor union in Europe has already backed this uh, YouTubers union. It's called FairTube. If you go to FairTube.info. It has all the information. They they were just operating on Facebook for a while, but they just like in the last two months, I, I think they uh, got a, a website. Okay. I mean, I think like it's a great idea, obviously, to get power to creators in this situation. Uh, and I mm -hmm. know how scary it is to kind of have your 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 livelihood in the hands of a company like YouTube because you never know what they're going to decide is bad or wrong. Um, and, right. you know, you don't want to go to, what was that page? GrewTube or whatever, the, the conservative one? GrewTube or... Oh. <laughs> but... Uh, wow, I forgot the name. Yeah, it made a huge impression, really. But 
Huge tube. Huge tube. Yeah, huge tube. You don't want to go there because then you're just off the map. So it's interesting, like, getting the the reasons for the demonetizations always seem, like, pretty strange. I know a bunch of wrestling companies got demonetized for violence. And it's like, no, it's simulated violence. That's not, like, actually violence. Those guys aren't. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're hitting each other for real. That's not. I'm not saying they're not hitting each other. I'm saying that, like, that's the point of it, is that they're hitting each other. So, mm-hmm. like, and, you know, as bad as he is, I've heard Joe Rogan talk about YouTube, too, in that way. And, like, I don't know. I I, I would like to see it work. It seems like you would be making a lot of strange friends in that department, you know? Uh, where you might be mm-hmm. with people who are, like, a little conservative and stuff like that. So that's kind of uh, well, weird, but hey, if it works, it works. It builds solidarity. Yeah, exactly. Solidarity. And I think it's for any platform, not just YouTube, but Twitch, um, Facebook, other things. Um, and yeah, and I mean, YouTube, they, it's the only thing they're asking for in this union is like transparency, at least tell people what your criteria is like, what are you making these decisions based off of, you know, have an actual uh, platform or, you know, have your rules laid out so that people know what to do to not get demonetized. Cause as it is, like I always see uh, status coup, I follow them on Twitter and they're always posting, you know, great content, but it gets taken down all the time cause it's controversial. Um, and then big, you know, the, the mainstream outlets will use their videos uh, and not get taken down. But then the the people who originally posted it, status quo, theirs get taken down. So it's like, where's the, the fairness? Yeah. And yeah. fair tube. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for hipping me, one, to this union, but two, to Slingshot Channel. Because now I just have it running on the screen as we're recording. And this guy just fucking shoots things with slingshots. And he's got a bunch of different slingshots. Now I'm Googling slingshots. Brett might be getting into slingshots. (laughs) And he does these awesome crossbows that he calls the instant Legolas bows, where it's basically like a clip for like five arrows that you hook onto a crossbow or even a regular like longbow. And so you can like fire off, you know, five rapid fire shots from a bow and arrow. It's really awesome. Oh my God. Look at this. Listen to this, Brett. Listen to this. The Pro X wrist rocket. The Pro X is a long range predator. At the top of the food chain, this monster delivers a high energy wallop when others fall far short, then folds into its own smooth shell. Recommended ammo is 44 caliber steel and clod poppers. This fucking thing is the coolest ass thing, and it costs $64. Whoa. My wife will not let me have a gun, but I think this is a way around the gun issue, is that I'm just going to get a badass Uh slingshot and leave it loaded all the time and then end up fucking shooting a hole in myself. Put a bullet in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this now, I think great. that guy would be an awesome guest for a for a lefty show to talk about the union for one thing and also the slingshots just cuz uh I've been trying to hip all the 
all the lefty YouTube shows and people that I that I follow, but you guys are the first ones I've actually talked to about it, so I appreciate that. Hey, well, you know, thanks for hipping us to it. We'll have to take a look at it and mm-hmm. and see what we can do. I mean, like the thing about it is we've kind of tried to get away from we we don't want to depend on YouTube or Twitch or anything like that. We want something a little more. Mm-hmm. And because it's harder to do that. But <laughs> but like uh I do mm-hmm. understand, you know, you get your shit taken down and you don't know why it's got to be frustrating. If if even cuz a lot mm-hmm. of these people probably aren't making money, they just want to fucking know, you know? Exactly. Well, thanks for calling. Yeah, in. I I personally only have 16 followers on my YouTube page, which is rubber fingers. Just throw that out there. But um, maybe one day I'll join the union too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, thanks for calling. I appreciate you taking my call. Yeah, Yeah. you're welcome. Hey, thanks. Peace. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. Brett. All right. Jumpy jumpers. Stop jumping. True ball. Max pro. This is a $109 one. They got it at Cabela's. Dude. Okay. And it looks a B A. Max True Ball Max Pro Plus Bow Release. It, oh, it's a bow release. That's not a slingshot. It's hard to find slingshots on the internet. And you want to know why? It's depressing. What? The answer is depressing. It's hard to find slingshots on the internet. Because it just shows the cool car? Yes. <laughs> It makes me sad. Whatever happened to people liking the weapon slingshots over those stupid cars? Which, by the way, I'm getting one someday. Yeah, all the little boys, all the little boomer boys traded in their slingshots for slingshots. Yeah, I'm getting one of those. I don't I don't care. You all can right. say what you fucking want about me driving my slingshot. I'm getting one someday. I'm going to be driving one. All right. So I'll get my car. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hi, it's Mason. They, them. What's uh, up, Mason? How's it going tonight? Uh, pretty good. I, um, I'm calling. Oh, and I'm not a jumper. I, I called it like right at the show started, but I, I accidentally hung up. I ain't um, mad at you. Cool. You and, can jump as much as you yeah, want. Yeah, I. <laughs> no. And yeah, yeah, I. Uh, well, one quick thing, um, Brian. You've been talking about like stars shows. The best stars show. Black Sails is you don't have to have stars to get it. It's on Hulu, the whole four seasons, and it's about pirates, and it's really good. Uh, I may check it out, but you know my record with old timey stuff. You just got to understand my record with. Well, I think of put it like this: I put pirates there with knights and stuff like that. I just think of pirates like high fantasy. But pirates were, I mean, it's anarchist. I know. Like, I know. I'm just, you know, so, I'm a crazy guy. What? So what's going on I tonight? I that. Yeah, no. Um, so I had, and then uh, I guess a couple things. Since it's later, maybe pick uh, and I'll call back in for the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so a uh, response to, yeah, some, uh, the Teamster who called in a month ago just to talk about various union uh, cause I have experience working for a couple of unions and like that, well, the 15 minute of orientation is actually like a, a, a kind of gold standard for contracts as far it's, as far as a first impression goes, um, that many unions try to fight for that. Um, 
I could go on, but also I have a couple uh, get motivated stuff to talk about. So if you want to, yeah, let's been, hear. Yeah. It. Uh, um. So when I first moved out to LA from Dallas uh, and went to a scam of a film school, I had to have required uh, uh, like a social media class and uh uh gary v was required reading mm-hmm. and it wasn't it like his book i mean the, as much the skimming of it that i did wasn't bad and like from what i understand as far as they go he's not as one of the worst ones um but the class was so terrible and the teacher was like so proud of being uh, this this like Hollywood business person who there's now all these like TikTok houses of mm-hmm. like teenagers who like go to boarding like she uh, had she made the model for that at what? 1400 Vine in Hollywood with Vine stars like oh, years ago yeah five six years ago with Vine stars yeah they like this total corporate like like. Uh, talk about needing creators needing a union like they would yes uh make them sign these contracts and make them pay like this like three grand plus a month rent at this uh yeah uh bullshit place so and now it's that model has taken off all over the world they're they're like in asia too these these tiktok houses it's really scary yeah Uh, my daughter Uh, talks about hype houses yeah, hype houses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I would, I, 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 I got a backstage look at the first one. Um, so how was it? What, what, how did people get? First of all, I always wonder if people got along there. Oh yeah, no, there was. I mean, a ton, a ton of drama backstage. They all hated each other. Yeah, and <laughs> one of, of them came so. in to speak. One of them came in to speak to the class. Another of them was supposed to, but they but failed the last day, like a much bigger one. So they, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and none of them, like, none of them are relevant anymore. Like, they all, I mean, obviously they shut down Vine. Um, but, but while we're on this topic, another uh, of just, get motivated there's a figure uh like a kind of different than most of the get motivated figures but when you started bringing up that like uh side series i was um i I remembered this guy from my past because it was around this same time like i wasn't into gary v at all but i was into this guy uh jason silva who had a youtube channel called shots of awe and no. it was this weird, like, psychedelic... No, no I don't know. Uh, it was, like, radical optim Not radical in our sense, but it was, like, optimism and, like, futurism. And um, he's... I later learned, you know, after I'd gotten much more active in politics directly, that, like, he's, like, a uh, white Venezuelan emigre and started... I had followed him on Twitter, and he started during, like shit in venezuela popping off started posting a bunch of pro guido shit and i was like unfollow so Uh-oh. uh it, there's yeah, there's a tinge of that but the the youtube channel was was very interesting and if you ever like re-up 
if I win never, you re-up, get motivated. He could be a very interesting character to look into. Because okay. it's, it's for people who aren't, certainly for, like, for people who are like in the street fighter ethos, it's someone who could pull you in. Um, like he's into me. psychedelics. He's way into psychedelics. Okay. On his, uh, yeah. The, the last three, vi- the, he did two psychedelic videos in a row and then a Burning Man video. So, uh, he, he, and yeah, on the, yeah, I don't know what he's been up to in the past, like three years uh, at all. Like, yeah, he's way into psychedelics, uh, tons of it. So Brett probably will like his ass. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is weird, but, uh, (laughs) it's pages. So it's, it's, yeah, there's like. I haven't been in this headspace in a long time since we stopped get motivated. I haven't been like in this headspace, Brett. And looking at these YouTube pages, it's just they're all the fucking same. Right. <laughs> singularity. Oh, he's into the singularity. I like it. I'll I'll have to check this guy out. All right, cool. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. Yeah. Call yeah, I'll, I'll call back in another time about um, more union stuff. Sweet. Um, cause there's, there's a bunch of tips I have just about like the, the, the phone call. I mean, the, the first 15 minutes just being. Oh, fuck. I did it on accident. We lost him? I dropped. I accidentally dropped him. I put it over the thing and hit it. Sorry. The next one. Sorry about that. You we can tell us about you. it next time. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, boys. This is Jake from California. What's up? How's it going? It's going good. How are you? I mean, I, mean, I know we're how you are. Okay. I've been listening to you talk. Yeah, we're doing okay. Cool. What's going on tonight? Hey, I just, uh, not much. Just chilling. It's my, it's my Friday. I have the next two days off of work. So playing video games into the night, listening to you guys. So it's a good, good day. Nice. Nice. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. up? I, I wanted to call though, because uh, Brian, I saw you post this week that you had watched the Book of Mormon movie. Yes. And when I saw that tweet, like it, so I was, I was raised Mormon and I've seen that exact movie. In fact, it's a good I one, once, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I once hosted like a movie night with like other Mormon friends when I was like 13 and, and watched that like exact movie. And so like seeing that cover, the picture one, I was like surprised and shocked to like see it. Cause it's not that, that specific movie itself is not even well known among Mormons. Like it's not, it's not like one of like uh, part of the big lexicon of like Mormon media, honestly. Yeah. Well, I and mean, so the fact I did... that you were watching it was incredible. Yeah, I did Brigham Young Money, which is a, a podcast out of Salt Lake City. It was very fun. We did like two hours and 15 minutes. And um, Mormon, uh, the Book of Mormon's pretty crazy book, Brett. I learned all about it. And uh, whew, there's two guys in it, though, named uh, Layman, Layman and, and Lemuel. Lemuel. They're badass. They're the best. They okay. are. They tried it. So their brother, Nephi, right? He is like the guy that believes in God so much. And, and like, there are a few times even where he summons God Oof. to them wow. and they see God. 
And then, like, late, they'll be like, oh, you know, we're sorry we were ever mean to you, Nephi, right? Like, they'll apologize to him. And then, like, 10 minutes later in the movie, they're like, we got to fucking kill Nephi. And then he'll get God to show up again. <laughs> and they'll be like, sorry, we didn't, like, mean to do it. And then 10 minutes later in the movie, sure enough, it's like, we got to kill this fucking Nephi. We're sick of him telling us what to do. Yeah. It's just, it's over and over again. These guys, they're like the, the, fail Mormons like Mormons are like the the guys I did the podcast have said that sometimes when they would get in trouble as a kid their parents will be like you're really being a real Lemuel and uh layman over there you know oh my, oh, yeah. yeah they're like bebop and rocksteady yes or Balkan skull yeah yeah Mormons are fascinating to me I can't get enough of them yeah that that layman and Lemuel stuff that's actually sort of the first one of the first things that made me question everything was coming to the realization of, of like reading the reading those stories in the book of mormon and like realizing that like what layman and layman and lemuel are, are normal like nephi is the freak here you know because freak. they're just reacting to their crazy ass dad being like yeah god's gonna destroy jerusalem so we were rich but we have to leave everything behind and like travel to uh, we don't even know and uh, like Layman and Lemuel are like, uh, that sounds like fucking crazy. That sounds stupid. And yeah. Nephi's like, I love, I love the Lord and we have to follow him no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Layman and Lemuel. And then you just sort of realize. They're the oh, funniest characters. They're just two of the, they're so dumb. Like you can never look at them and be like, Layman and Lemuel, you do not want to be those guys. This motherfucker says like, they're like, Nephi, we're going to kill you. And then Nephi's like, I'm going to use God to shock you. He puts his hand out and shocks them. Okay. And they fall down. They have been shocked, dude. Fucking still. 10, 15 minutes later, they're like, I'm fucking sick and tired of this guy bossing us around. And fucking, they're like, we got to kill him. And it's just like... These are the best characters I've ever seen. <laughs> Any kind of an angel, an angel, an angel appears. An angel appears to them. Like, like they're beating, they're beating Nephi to within an inch of his life. Like just beating his ass, and an angel literally appears and like says, "Stop hitting him and listen to him." And then, yeah, like you said, like just a, a day later, they're like, "This, this shit." We gotta kill this, this guy. We, you know. <laughs> It's really me and you could make a good Layman and Lemuel movie, and probably really, truly, Mormons <laughs> seem like they'll watch anything that's Mormon. Take this, yeah, a new it, new direction. I'm telling you, dude. I've been I, I I was looking at famousmormons.net, and I would name stuff that there's no way somebody would see off of this website. All three of those guys were like, "Yeah, we saw it. They showed it to us in church." Like they fucking. Anything you make that's Mormon, those motherfuckers will show you. They even take credit for Napoleon Dynamite. Whoa. Because the guy that made Napoleon Dynamite is Mormon. So, like, they, yeah. they that's just... A big I, I also think, I also, I also think Napoleon Dynamite resonates with Mormons, too, because a lot of the stuff in there, um, it, it, it is, it is, like, a big nod to like Mormon culture. There's a lot of familiar, it, it feels like very familiar to like a Mormon audience, like watching it. Like that's one of the, like my, my parents love that movie. 
you know, and they, they're not big comedy people because I think it, it feels familiar, just sort of the aesthetics of the entire thing. Yeah. I mean, being set in Idaho and, so, and things like that. It's so weird. I mean, I hate, I don't, I'm not trying to be insulting or anything, but you grew up in a real freaky world. I got to tell you, because if, if like <laughs> somebody watches Napoleon, like my parents, hated napoleon dynamite we're talking about i mean i wasn't with them but they saw it i remember them seeing it and then me talking to them at a thing and they're like that's the stupidest thing i've ever seen it's so stupid and i just was like this is the funniest thing i've ever seen but only because it looks weird you know everything seems so weird in it that you're like oh this is an interesting movie because it takes place in a weird space so the fact that Mormons are watching it and being like, ah, oh, it feels like home. I'm like, oh, weird. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for calling in. Okay. Uh, uh, we, we're, yeah. we're burning the midnight oil here, but we appreciate you calling. Yeah. Have a good evening. Let me recommend a, a, a YouTube channel to you. Maybe you've already heard of it. If okay. you like the shit, you'll love it. It's called Hard, Hard to Find Mormon Videos. And oh. the entire channel is just every, every single... Tr- LDS church produced video dating back to like the sixties. Right, There's some I'm, really good gems in there, including one starring Aaron Eckhart, or he's a, he plays a supporting role. Um, but yeah, check that out. All right. Thanks for calling. I'm, I'm looking at it now. I'm, I'm bookmarking it. Yeah, we have a, we have a lot of ex Mormon people. Listen, <clears throat> uh, I was talking to chastity Sunday, you know, J- Johnny is good's wife. Yeah. She said she was listening to the show, and she was like, oh, my God, I was raised fucking Mormon. I could write a million fucking things about it. It's unreal. Yeah. I think we, we should, should get do, her like, call. a call. Uh, Mormon only? Not a Mormon only call-in show, but maybe we should let Mormons talk. Because I think we probably could get a decent amount of Mormons to call in. And then, because they love telling... I mean, some of them are, like, running away from it or whatever. But a lot of people I've talked to are like... <clears throat> Man, it was crazy. If you dealt with it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I like hearing that stuff. I find it fascinating. It is. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? You're talking to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, um, I'm doing all right. How about you guys? We're doing okay. A little, we're we're both, I think, tired, but we're going to live. We're going to make it through. We're almost done, you know? Hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I was just calling uh, real quick to just say hi, and uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to say. I just uh, saw you guys were streaming and and on, and so yeah, how's it? Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah. How's everything going with you? You had a more, no, that was Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, no, um, yeah, no, not Mormon, but um, yeah, sort of similar thing with, with people not really viewing it as, as dangerous as it is. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, things are okay. I'm in a, an outpatient program right now, actually. Um, staying downtown. Um, it's uh, right right near the uh, Trump Tower in oh. Chicago. Um, so when I go out for smokes, uh, it's always fun to yell at the chuds taking pictures. <laughs> um, so that, that's a nice little boost to my day. Cool. Is everything okay, um, Elizabeth? Oh, yeah, no, things are all right. Uh, just a little tune-up, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> makes sense. But. It's really good to hear from you. And uh, we always worry yeah. when we when somebody calls in 
for a while and then goes away, it always kind of worries me. So it's good to hear from you, Elizabeth. It, it's really nice. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I didn't really have much to say. Just wanted to stop in and say hi and uh, hope you guys had a had a good show and good day today. So yeah, and stay. St- like I said, call in more. We'll talk to you longer when. We're, yeah. we're, we're almost yeah, well, uh, to the hopefully end. Hopefully have something to say sometime, so I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll uh, pull in sometime earlier. earlier All right. Today. Well, have a good night, Elizabeth. All right. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Peace. All right. That's the Street Fight Call-In Show. We had a lot of great calls Holy tonight. Shit. Lots of informative stuff. Um, we also had amazing music from Blake Chris. That's Chris without an H. B-L-A-K-E-C-R-I-S. Balake. Blake Chris. It's the joke. I don't know it. The Key and Peele thing. You never seen that Key and Peele thing? Oh, yes. Where the guy can't read white names and he's like, Balake. Every time I hear the word Blake, I think I, when I hear the word Blake, I hear Balake. And when I hear see the name Aaron, I think A-A-Ron. It's <laughs> like my favorite. A-A-Ron is what I would have named my kid if okay. uh, I had a boy. All right. Well, now you know. Uh, find us on social media. We're Street Fight WCRS and all of that. We're uh, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Street Fight Radio. Uh, if you want merch, head to store.streetfightradio.com. We have stickers and t-shirts and zines and all kinds of wonderful things. And uh, check out Sarah Vaccine on Means TV. Uh, hey, also, I, we don't usually push these, the, the mini series, but I think people are really liking this one. So you oh, should... Yeah. Uh, you should if you're thinking about joining the Patreon, you're gonna get you're gonna get Heat O'Brien Unleashed, which is a wild show. And uh also found out my wife's listening to Heat O'Brien Unleashed. Oh, no. We'll talk about that on Heat O'Brien Unleashed. Oh my goodness. Um but uh yeah, so there's that. And then at the beginning of next month, me and Brett are filming our TV show. So for the th- first three weeks of June, you will get a Holy Boys, a Buttfest 2000, and a Shocktober. Brand new episodes. So, you know, now is like a really good time to jump on because you're going to get a lot of, you know, some of the, a lot of the content that people like the most right in a row. Yeah. June is going to be a uh, greatest hits month. Uh, of all of our premium stuff. And we've done two episodes of Heat O'Brien so far. We had uh, Jamie Peck uh, from Antifada Podcast. And then we also had uh, Karen Geyer from the On Belief Podcast. Uh, they both did an amazing job. We're watching Real Sex. Uh, are we watching Real Sex again this week? You know, I'm going to talk to you about that after we're done recording. Okay. But... uh the 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 star of Heat O'Brien Unleashed is I am being honest and yeah very revealing and uh, I go ahead <laughs> no you go I talked to I talked to regularly to a very cool with it connected awesome person that was like I didn't think I was a kink shamer either but the pony play I was just immediately like nope nah. <laughs> You know, nobody does this. I'm like always, I'm I'm like, I, that's the only time I've said anything super. I mean, I was a little weirded by the uh, virgin lady. Yeah. But like, I also like was so weirded by it that we tried to explain why she's a virgin. Right. So, but I think like, I think 
if you've ever wanted to hear somebody really uncomfortable with what his show is about, this is the show. Because I am like, this is not, this is like if like Howard Stern decided he was going to do a Christian show. And like he had to sit there and be Christian the whole time. Like it's basically that. Yeah. So it's very it's very fun. I I yeah, really have fun. We've unpacked a lot digging around. Uh, <laughs> I think you have found a few things. Yeah, there's let, a lot. Let me say this: not only have you found a few things, but there's things in there that are arguably weirder than the heart that you can die three times a minute. So okay, from true. earlier, <laughs> that's true. Your three, uh, your your three most vulnerable moments every minute. <laughs> it's every minute, three times, every twenty seconds, I guess. I don't know. Right so, there, you go. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. We will see you on Wednesday. No, wait, it is Wednesday night. No, it's not. Where am Where am I at? We'll see you this Wednesday for Street Fight. Uh, gonna be another I think Zoom show because I got Charlotte. So see ya. Peace.